0: Welcome to the Film Rescue Show. I am your Pitchmaster General, Seth. Today I have with me this professional cynic, Jesse. Hello. We're here. And returning guest of multiple episodes from the Men of Steel podcast, we have Case Aiken with us. Case, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Yeah, this is like a real season of Case, frankly.
0: You have just been serendipitously next to your computer so often that when I send you a discourse message, you're available. And so uh, it's just... It, it it works like that. I think once a season we have one guest that's just like a really recurring guest. So this is the yeah the season of case.
1: Ah yeah, like paternity leave really did that for me.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely. Hey, we're gonna take advantage. If you, if, if paternity leave gets you at home, we'll yeah. we'll take an hour of your time every now and then. He's
2: not leaving his house. We gotta take advantage of this somehow. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> So today uh dear listeners I am so disappointed in myself to tell you that we're we're talking about a Steven Soderbergh movie. I've I've avoided it for almost a decade on this show. He's got some
2: duds. He's got some
0: duds. He, he he's got some like C pluses and that's what's yeah. that's what's hard. Um this, this is a, this is my favorite director. That, so this is a this is a tough setup for me. We're here to talk about Ocean's 12. Mm-hmm. Now of the people to join, the reason I said yes is because Case was going to be taking the the pitch, and I know Case would treat this with the with the love that an Ocean's fan like myself is going to demand out of out of something like this. I I almost can, said, "Can no. I throw
1: out my hot take that will be the circumstances of this episode?" Oh, yeah, absolutely. What's going on? I love this movie.
2: Okay, okay. I can understand <laughs> why right. someone would say that. I understand it. <laughs>
1: Good to like, know. Obviously, looking back at it now, there's—I've I, I, always known that there are flaws. It's—it's it's a movie that inherently has like clear, obvious issues with it. However, mm. for whatever goddamn reason, I saw this movie like four times in theaters.
2: Wow! Damn, dude!
0: That 2004 turnaround. Do you remember how much it was to go to the movies in 2004? Was it, it was like in a $12 unf-
1: range for me? Like I was, I, uh, this was in, uh, Bethesda, Maryland. So, okay. Okay. It, yeah. That tracks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah 12- it, w- it wasn't like New York prices.
0: Sure. Yeah. That can get a little pricey. Um, okay, cool. So, so not, not a hater. Good to know. I, I, I was ready to, to like come in defending cause I do like a lot. However, I will relent in the opening rewatching this recently. Yeah. It, it could use a little adjustment. I, I, <laughs> I yeah, Definitely
1: some tweaks. Definitely
0: some tweaks. <laughs> I admit it. Um I, I'm excited to get into it though. Let's start off with our uh our oceans uh knowledge, I guess. I'm assuming everybody here has seen at least the trilogy.
2: I just finished watching the trilogy like an hour ago. Nice. <laughs> I had never okay. seen th- I I had never seen twelve or thirteen. We covered Oceans Eleven on Split the Difference last season. It was me and Hope. And right. we said, yeah, the original Oceans Eleven sucks. <laughs> Even George Clooney says, yeah, that movie's not good. Why do you guys think it's a classic? Men on Phones,
0: the movie. Men
2: on Phones, the movie. I don't care if Martin Scorsese put it on his letterbox as a (laughs) must-watch. you. That movie's boring. It's awful. It's lame. It's not very good. The remake, though? I love the remake. It's great. Mm. It's really well done. It's really crisp. But I never had any inclination to watch 12 or 13, uh, the second or third films. I, I just... I just felt like eleven is kind of a complete story. I don't need to watch anymore. Totally. But, uh, the, overall, the premise for the second for the second one, it's a good starting point. It's like, oh yeah, he wants his money back with interest. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Thirteen, I, I think, is a better movie because it's like it's motivated more by personal uh, vendetta. It, it feels yeah. more emotionally engaging. So uh, overall, I think it's a good trilogy. I never saw eight. Did anybody watch Ocean's Eight?
0: I saw eight when it came out. Uh, I I liked it. It's a totally different like bag, but it is doing a lot of the same stuff that they do here. I I don't think it has the Soderbergh editing flair. That's the really big uh, downer yeah. against eight, but in my opinion, yeah, but because Soderbergh was, had nothing to do with that, right? I uh, I don't know. I don't know the extent of his involvement. I just I know he didn't edit it because it doesn't look like it was edited by
2: him. Yeah, I know they kill off Danny Ocean, which is like, dude, you.
0: <laughs> okay, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> kill off. Let's kill he's, off
2: isn't like his grave in the movie or something like that
0: yeah but he's also a, a thief that can like fake his own death
2: you know
1: that's, what I mean? that's fair i i mean a big premise of the movie that we're talking about today is how many people have faked their deaths possibly multiple times Yeah, that's right.
0: true it's true very true Um, yeah, so let's jump into it positives first, uh, straight out the gate. I guess I'm curious why this is on the chopping block for, for case, but like what, what, what is here that you really want to save and defend? What, what do you really like about it?
1: Well, so, um, for me with the oceans movies, I have seen the original and then the trilogy and I haven't seen eight, um, and I, I always really liked this movie and I found it frustrating how how panned it was at the time. And I know mm-hmm. the reasons why it was panned and it, it, those always made sense to me for for objections that people had to it. But it didn't seem sufficient to actually like ruin the movie for me. I thought it was always very fun. Um, it also has several things that are like kind of designed for. Where in my life it came out, it was sort of perfect for me. Oh, um,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I
1: am ready to acknowledge this and I've always been ready to acknowledge this. Um, so for me, it's always been one where, you know what? Ocean's Eleven, the, the George Clooney, Steven Soderbergh movie is near perfect. As far as the heist yeah. movie goes, it's about yeah. as good as you can get. Yeah. Um, And I I always thought that this was the better of the two sequels because it doesn't hold your hand. And I think the problem is that it doesn't hold your hand too much. Um, and some of the spots where it really should hold your hand, uh, it doesn't to obfuscate the fact that the logic doesn't actually work. Um, and yeah. that's a, that's a problem. But 13 is just like, here's a straight line. Uh, <laughs> and that like never quite worked for me in the same, uh, in the same way. Um, and just never was as fun. Like, you know what? I know, like, their Donald Trump XP in that movie that, that, uh, Robert, Pacino, no, not <laughs> Al Pacino, sorry. Uh, <laughs> the their, Donald Trump XP that Al Pacino is playing in that movie just, like, isn't that engaging of a villain to me? Like, especially not at this point in, in the zeitgeist. Um, uh, mm, it, oh, it yeah. was just kind of a, <laughs> a, a weird movie, and all of the flaws of the series kind of, like, were, accumulated in this one especially like the Soderbergh like uh <laughs> like color spectrum uh or <laughs> the, or the tint uh it, it, it got yeah. to be too much There, it, like it's a little too simple it, it it's l- lacking the fun of the first two um and I I will take fun over it being logically consistent
0: Mm, okay good defense that's a good starting defense i i appreciate that
1: but i see all the problems like i i am fully aware of all the issues that yeah. this movie has and that's why i wanted to talk about it and it's one that I've, i i don't know anyone else who wants to talk about it so in terms of me finding a guest on my show <laughs> me, that, me oh my god <laughs> I, again my show has the same basic format as right, this, right but for me to do that conversation and my show has a few restrictions that would actually kind of make it harder for us to do the full conversation. Um, when you guys came to me and were like, Hey, is there a movie you'd want to do? I was like, yeah, this is a movie I've always wanted to do, but I have never had like a good guest in mind for it. And like Seth, I didn't realize that we would have this like Soderbergh connection here. Oh yeah. Uh, because, you know, like while I knew you enjoyed Soderbergh, like ha- Favorite wasn't a – I just didn't click that part. So I'm mm-hmm. really excited mm-hmm. to have this conversation and talk about, like, the strengths of this movie and how we can make those more apparent and how we yeah. can reduce the weaknesses because there are a lot of both.
0: Sure. Okay. Clear. I I, I, I see the outset now. We, we've really got it set up. Um, Jesse, what? Uh, so this was your first time watching, I guess, mm. both the sequels. Um, you've seen a lot of Soderbergh over the years. So like, what are you, what are you gleaning out of this on your kind of fresh watch?
2: I mean, it still has this same signature editing style, lots of whip pans. It's like a, feels like that kind of classic caper, but with a new age style to it. It, it, They all kind of feel that way. The the second one, though, has a lot of this. I'm going to go into a negative real quick. There's a lot of cinema verite shaky cam in the second one, which I don't (laughs) like. Oh, yeah. The idea like, oh, they're having to make the plan up as they go along. Therefore, everything's kind of frenetic and it's it's kind of like you're in their headspace. I get it, but it's God, it's annoying sometimes. It's really, really (laughs) hard to watch sometimes for me. Um, that's why I kind of prefer 13 because it's like it's lots of dolly tracks, lots of smooth steady cam stuff feels a little more tightly wrapped. Um, yeah, not so on the fly. So that's just my personal taste. Um but it has the same kind of like color palette as all of his other films. It feels like naturalistic lighting, like whatever's there is what you're going to get. Yeah, uh, I really dug is, the lighting a lot. Yeah, which is, that's one thing I don't like about 13 is that sometimes it's a little underlit, <laughs> uh, <laughs> especially yeah. in the elevator shaft where uh, Wang has to go and uh, jump between <laughs> the elevators. It's like it's it, you can just see the grain popping really bad because I think that was a. I think this was his last time shooting on film was, uh, oceans 13 after, wow. that mo- after that he moved into digital with Shay, And then he went and did the, the uh, was the girlfriend experience right afterwards. So yeah. that, then it just, it was like all red camera, but it was still the early days of the red camera. So everything's like, Oh, we don't need to light anything. It'd just be captured all in the, all in the camera and everything's way too dark. <laughs> <laughs> everything's way too dark Damn. So, well, uh,
1: and I mean looking at 13 one of the things that really gets it is that it's got that Soderbergh amber hue to it and yeah. then we're doing a Donald Trump parody so everything is red and gold
2: Yeah, Uh, yeah, and it's just too goddamn much,
0: bro. He is orange.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, considering all the shit about Trump at this point, I I think it kind of aged pretty well
0: (laughs) (laughs) retroactively. Yeah, retroactively helps.
2: That
1: might be the most interesting part here because there are some like twelve is very two thousand and four.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, 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 very two thousand four. Um. But yeah, overall, it's it's got the cast still has great chemistry. That's a Mm. big positive for me. Is that like these people all work together perfectly? You know, it's it's like a it's like a uh, it's like a perfectly tuned machine.
0: They're also really used well. I I think, like Matt Damon specifically in this one, for all the extra that he has to Matt Damon, (laughs) for all the extra that he has to do, he really sells being like the kid of the group. And and I'm so used to like current Matt Damon, like Dad Damon. You know what I mean? Jason Bourne Damon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like peeking back and seeing that like young. Uh, really, kind of like trying to do something. Matt Damon was really cool. I, I I dig his performance a lot amongst the performances.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I have a soft spot for Damon in general. Uh, yeah. I- for a long time was, was told that I looked like him. And uh, ever since I put on quite a bit of weight after college, um, I, my bowling name is, has just been fat Damon with two T's. Nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I have a soft spot just because like, there's so many parts, like I'm also a big poker player. Uh, there you go. <laughs> like just always kind of adored uh, him from that standpoint. And like looking back at this where it's like, oh yeah. Uh, what, it, what it was like to actually be doing, spoiler for for, for further in the discussion uh like back when i did capoeira (laughs) there you go (laughs) and like what i looked like then uh so it's weird to look back at the that this totally different person and have like nostalgia for (laughs) it.
0: yeah yeah i bet (laughs) damn Uh,
2: yeah is matt damon a big poker player well he
0: did that big poker movie yeah he did rounders he
1: actually is still a player um because they they trained him like crazy on it and he participated in the world series uh i for i think it was doyle brunson who knocked him out in that first world series he played in but he's played in a bunch since
2: yeah i know his buddy ben affleck is a has a bad gambling problem (laughs) he has a bad gambling problem (laughs) When so. you come
0: from the East Coast and like uh you know, the the casinos are a big source of tax income, it's just it's a big part of life for some people, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: That yeah. dude, I like I, and speaking of poker, uh it reminds me of the uh the bit in eleven that gets paid off here. We get to see Topher Grace's character. Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> quick little cameo to be like, Oh yeah, his life has uh. fallen apart. They even poke fun of it in just movies. That's so uh. funny.
1: Uh, also a very 2004 thing, which is this like l- yeah. like looking at the camera actor playing themselves kind of thing, which is way more in this movie also. But like the fact that this was like the the birth of Entourage era and like having these like, yeah, we're going to reference real Hollywood things because everyone knows these stories. He's like, I quit the show. You know, it's like you're like, oh, that's right. That is exactly when he quit that 70s show. Yeah. Right? yeah. The Dennis Quaid movie was like that terrible like wedding movie that he was in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Or maybe I'm thinking of a different one. He, he, Tover Grace has not had a great movie career. Uh, oh yeah, I the, know. Here's the wild thing in terms of uh, just weird movie connections. He's not in 13 because of scheduling conflicts with Spider-Man Three. <laughs>
2: oh no! Yeah, I, I read that. Yeah.
0: Damn, that's wow. so sad.
2: Yeah. <laughs> But part of me is like I, I have mixed feelings on the cameos in Twelve. I think it's a positive and a negative. It's it's nice to see Bruce Willis before he just hit, had his downturn. But you know, if you see Bruce Willis yeah. now, you're like, yeah, he's in the last years of his life. Um, he's basically nonverbal at this point. Um, but it's nice to see him when he was still like suave and active. And it's like, yeah, he was a good actor. You know, even playing himself.
0: He plays incredulous really well here. Yeah, (laughs) that whole scene is really
1: (laughs) I I like the running joke with him. And again, this is such a 2004 movie where everyone is talking about the sixth sense when he walks in. (laughs) Yeah. You know, looking back, it's like, well, that's weird. But if you actually were there in the summer of 2004, you're like, oh, yeah, we were still all making like references to like when we knew and all that like that. Yeah. Yeah. Dead
2: people. (laughs) yeah but it's assuming uh, scrubs
0: didn't spoil it for
2: you oh (laughs) jeez! but yeah that's a that's a positive and a negative to me is that it's an it's a nice sequence when like julia roberts as tess has to play julia roberts like that's cute but it's a little much it's a little too self-referential i think at times it's like the plot just comes to a dead halt at that point like it just, oh, the movie, yeah, just, it is, the movie yeah. stops it, it, it
0: it's spinning its tires to be like okay we don't want to like show our hand here quite yet
2: yeah
1: yeah. it's my least favorite part of this movie for one thing that just like that kind of um subterfuge is usually the thing that makes me feel uncomfortable and and yeah um which is yeah. weird that i really love a, a series of movies about con men because that at least is them like, thinking on their feet do, doing a really good job but like having to like pretend to be someone else is like i don't know uh <clears throat> so like there's there's that part of it all um but part of it is also just that, like while they do a little bit to set it up in this movie, it's not at all in the first one. And if it wasn't the first one, I think I could have dealt with it better.
0: Like, yeah, if it was like a running joke to not mention it in the first one, and then it pays off in this one. Yeah, that could that it could have made it work a little bit better. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, and also you're saying Seth like they don't want to show their hand too quickly when they put that scene in, but by the end of the movie, you realize oh there was no hand to be shown because the heist is already done
1: yeah yeah well, I that mean, you you could make a comparison with like a poker game if if you're playing seven card stud and you are rolled up when you the hand is dealt which means that you start with trips um yeah and because you got have two down and one up so players can't see what your hand is at that point um you the, the purpose of the game is to extract money from that point because you basically have a winning hand. It's almost impossible for it not to be like turn into either quads or full house at that point. And it is yeah. super unlike un- unlikely for anyone to be able to beat you at that point. Like you're in a really good spot already. So it, like, I would argue that the structure of this is them w- winning to, to begin with, and then having to extract the maximum value out of it. They have to do the subterfuge to per- perpetuate everything. The problem is, that they don't you don't see them play each card like really like you do yeah. kind of if you rewatch it, what you're really seeing is like, all right, well, here's all the face cards. And then and then we get the the last like down card at the very end, all in these like w- like just the waves of like, OK, here's here's three cards. And then, OK, and then here's the last card. And like, that's it. Like there's not they don't really feed the information like they do. But it's they they do for Steven Soderbergh, the person putting this movie together and looking at all the shots and being like, "Oh, here's my here here's how you would all figure it out." W- whereas n- no one could see how this all works uh, the first time watching, in part because some of the things don't actually
2: work. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I was reminded of um, Seth. Remember your uh, most disappointing movie of 2021? What was it The Vault, where at the oh, end my of the movie God. it's revealed that the whole they they they'd already done the heist and they were just going through the motions of a heist. At the halfway point of this movie, they've already done the heist. They don't need to keep going. That's not true,
0: actually. They have to complete the heist, otherwise the night wolf would renege on the plan. Like, they have to get him to the completed end where he believes that he's won to get him to agree that they've won with the swap around. They have to, like, lay all the cards out to him. So, wh- Sort which-
1: of. That, like, he... It depends on how much he's going to be influenced by Lamarck. Like he is a prick and he would actually renege. But the other part of it is that there's the larger heist that's going on in terms of getting uh, Izzy to like to Lamarck.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like that. The if if. if, Is that the concentration of the film, I guess, is my question. Like, I don't know if I gathered that, but I.
1: I I think it is because it's the thing that allows her and um, and Rusty to get back together. And that's set up as the reason why you have that first sequence uh, of him coming back with being in that relationship with her. And like the, like that is supposed to be at least just as important as the, the like test relationship in the first one.
0: Oh, okay. Okay.
2: Okay. So it's his version of the test relationship
1: basically. Right. Gotcha. Okay. And the only way to get her is to get her to actually set her own life on fire. Um, So they actually have to like get her to be in a position where she has bad paperwork that she has like forged so that her own career is over and that she's angry enough with them to follow them and close enough to them to follow them in the first place. You know, he can't just like grab her and take her to go see her dad like he kind of needs to set her up to be thinking about that. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, I follow that. Isn't that a great coincidence? How the most well-known thief throughout the world, who's no one has ever seen, is also the uh, one of the main characters' uh, dads. Isn't that very, just a wild, wild coincidence?
0: <laughs> I, I mean, like, I like that it explains why she got into policing. Like, you know what I mean? If she, if she, there's a rift in that relationship. If she resents him, she would want to get into the kind of job where she could take him down professionally. Because that's, you know, if that's more important to him his career as a thief then uh taking him down would basically replace his importance like I I get it from a character uh, like a character writing perspective it does make sense for Izzy
1: yeah I guess yeah. the question is how well they knew Lamarck before um bef- or at least before like um Rusty and, and Izzy had their relationship see um,
0: Lam- Lamarck is honestly uh underutilized here and I think the night wolf is uh or the night, 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 fox, fox, night um, fox um but but specifically like like the new the new Night Fox, uh, the Protege Night Fox, I think he's like an additive the movie doesn't need. I, like the the premise of get the money back for the villain of the original film, totally works. And so the the Lamarck stuff, like I I guess he could have been more central to the story for me. I don't know how he got into negatives already, <laughs> but I guess we're just un- unraveling the film. I mean, this, at this movie point.
1: is weird and asynchronous. Like uh, there's yeah. one I caught, like when they give the rundown of who Talor is, um, Yen chimes in. But by that point, he was already in the bag and they hadn't picked him up yet. So like, yeah, I noticed that. I was like, wait a minute, you're already in the bag. The, the point is that these conversations are happening at different times where it is narratively convenient as opposed to the actual chronological order of things. Um oh. so I appreciate that element of this movie, that there are things that we are being like clued in at weird orders. And as a result, when we're talking about the good stuff and the bad stuff, they're all over the place. And yeah, you know, and, and so many of them are tied in with each other, you know, we you because know, we got into bad because we we're talking about how well, it's nice to have Bruce Willis here and it's nice to have Topher Grace here. But at the same time, like Julia Roberts playing Tess playing Julia Roberts is too much.
0: Well yeah. It, yeah and like it extends out the ending in a way that it doesn't need. They could all get arrested at the same time at that point in the uh, uh except for needing the rest of the heist to go off. You know what I mean? Like and right. again if we if we don't have uh it, was it Talor? Um that that's the Baron, right?
1: Yeah, uh, Baron Talor, who is the Night Fox.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah. So so uh it, like Baron Talor – to me, him, like, needing to complete the heist for his eyes is the the reason that they delay a second arrest sweep. You know what I mean? Like, I, mm-hmm. to me, I think the plot could ha- end up with the whole team getting arrested at once and then post-release go back and explain what happened. I Like, that would have made more sense to me. But, um I, I again, I think we're just extending things out by having to lure here.
1: Yeah, but then I'll, it also gets into a question of, like, well, how severe are the consequences if you got... Arrested before you even walked in, like how much can they prove that you were actually going to do versus the heist itself? Like Linus having such a weak position allows for the leverage of him caving to look real, which is part of their scheme. And I'm not saying it makes sense. I'm Woo! just saying that there are reasons for for some of these things, uh, because ultimately the reasons for these kind of things is the shot of them planning. Well, what are we going to do after the the initial arrests? Like that's that is a part of their plan. And here's where it gets crazy. Uh, like when you look at the shot and it's zooming in on them, like having this whole like brainstorming session, which is just kind of fun to rattle off these like thief terms. Yeah. Um, You're zooming in and all the chairs are red except for three black chairs. And that represents the three people that are in that conversation. Um, And then as you continue to zoom and blocking shifts, Basher gets up and you see that there are actually two more chairs past that. And this represents the fact that that Tess and then Saul both actually are part of this thing. It also is a zoom in uh, on the bag itself, uh, which is ultimately
0: (gasps) because Izzy was listening on the phone the whole time.
2: Yeah, right. Ah, and gone. they've already yeah, got okay. – they've already got the – Right. The, they they uh, had program. to they go, go already f- got it. Right. So, OK. But, so, but so, we,
1: we established before that that they were under surveillance by Talur because we see his video cameras that show their base. So yeah. what this is representing in a very on-the-nose way is that the, the story that we are seeing is not the real one and that the mise-en-scene is actually telling you the, what the actual plot is. Now – Here's the problem. While I enjoy this aspect of the movie and it's like fun to catch that shot. You're not going to catch that shot in your first viewing and there's no way for you to figure it out. And also some of this just doesn't fucking make sense.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's it's way too cryptic to ever notice it unless you're really digging for it. Like Saul, when does he come into this plan?
1: I'm not entirely sure. Does he just show up at that moment? Or was
0: he already looped in? And I think he has to already be looped in. But when? How? Well, it was after they cut to him at his house, like, kind of regretting not joining the team. But they're I not know. really explicit <laughs> about when that is. So they but make it look like know
2: he... Where the rest, he wouldn't know where the rest of the team is at that point. He wouldn't know where they are.
1: And, and he just sort of shows up perfectly doing like a role that that conveys what they're trying to keep going with this whole plan and knowing enough of the details to keep it moving. He definitely yeah. had been clued in already by this point. So the question is, when mm. are all these scenes happening? And like, sure, Saul is not one of the main characters in this movie, but like it's weird that his role kind of just like ha- just happens to work. Likewise, one of the issues that we are dealing with that gets kind of weird is that, like I said, Yen is there for the reveal about Tulor, but they couldn't leave the hotel or at least Danny, um, Yen and, um, well, rusty. And, um,
0: I think that's they had it. made, they uh, they had made those three. Yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, Elliot that, but that's also, it. Uh,
1: um, because they now,
0: hadn't made Linus yet because he gets to right. go out later. Yeah, so he, I think but, it was just this like, three. They can't
1: leave was, the hotel that they're staying at at all. Like, that, like they're locked in there uh, because they'll get arrested if they leave. And that's why they have to do the whole subterfuge with Yen going into the bag and then like walking out. Now, sure, right. they're good thieves. They could have gotten out, but it's implied that the call to – discuss like with Lamarck happens at the train station in the scene after they sneak out. So like how it all like plays out doesn't really quite like link up in terms of where they find out the detail, because it's supposedly they don't. I mean, for one thing, they don't know it's the Night Fox until Izzy like shows up. Uh, Yeah. And that's the thing that gets them at least enough information to connect to their network of thieves, ultimately connecting with Lamarck. And that's one where I'm like, I don't know necessarily how long they've known Lamarck. I don't, that part doesn't really bother me. The fact that they're in a a good,
0: Rusty knew him.
1: Yeah. But like they, but it's not like, so what I'm saying is to what extent. Yeah. To what extent did they know each other? They, they they definitely knew each other before this movie, but like, did they know each other really well or did they know each other well enough that like Rusty could, could get on a phone call and be like, Hey, remember me from X, Y, Z. Yes. Okay. So here's the deal. I guess Um, I'm
0: imagining like at, 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 at least enough mutual respect amongst the, you know, honor amongst thieves that, because of rusty and uh danny's level that lamarck would have taken a call from them but honestly like my read on it is that lamarck has been training the next generation because again right. he trained Talore. i think he trained rusty too he just trains them on what they're good at Talore is a very physical guy so he taught him how to like you know navigate uh laser grids and, and be like a one-man team rusty's a talker like his thing is talking and planning so he like Helped him learn everything there is to learn about that end of it. So that. And again, that's my read. I don't know if that's like expressed in the text here, but I guess my take was there. At least they respect each other, but at most he trained him. And and like that also helps it make sense why he'd be so into his daughter because like potentially, you know.
1: Right. And that's where it gets weird. Like when when did he know that Izzy was Lamarck's daughter? Like did it did he did he seduce her in the first place knowing it?
0: no I doubt that
1: like, yeah. like it, I mean we don't know and that's that's the problem of this movie which is that yeah. these are the questions that we have that we're not really quite clear on and so it seems sort of just convenient like mm. oh isn't it convenient yeah. that the daughter of the world's greatest thief but it could be totally planned and, and then maybe he bu- then maybe you know he fucked it up like and and like ran because he got scared because he saw how committed she was or maybe he didn't know like you know because mm. later he says oh like her dad's a thief and uh, he died ex- you know and and, and that's the story she said and then even if he found out the truth that's still the story she said and how she how he understands it from her um and so maybe he only found out the truth later uh and it hasn't like necessarily committed those so inherently to each other that he would reveal that truth um accidentally right off the bat um Mm. I don't it's hard to really say. I will say that the the contrast between the Night Fox and the Ocean's crew is actually really important to this movie. For one thing, um, I believe this movie began as a script called Honor Amongst Thieves and then was reworked to be an Ocean's movie. Um, Oh,
2: yeah. I was wondering, was there I I did feel like there was plans for a sequel and they kind of got roped into it so that
1: that I think is why you it sort of feels like they're being shoved into this other kind of setting um which yeah. I don't necessarily just dis- dislike I, that's how all the diehard movies work uh, up until the one that they intended which is the worst of them um, right so like it's okay <laughs> yeah. to have a script that uh, <laughs> it's, it's okay out. to have a script that doesn't necessarily start one way and, and gets shaped into it totally what I think works really well, is that the difference of the night fox versus the ocean's crew is that the night fox is the greatest thief alive and that the ocean's crew is the greatest conman alive. So like, it's like a 20th level rogue thief class versus like a whole bunch of whispers, bards. And like, let's be wow. honest here. Those whispers, bards are better off. If we're going to use a D and D metaphor right there. Mm. Like th- these are people who are practicing at a, a craft that is well beyond just the physical, like to is ultimately like their grease, man. Like he's like matched with Yen in terms of things, but he's way better. Like he's just the best. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, but in spite of that, he's not operating on the degree of like the more elaborate component of thievery, the, the, the more um, ironclad version that this like sophisticated con system works like. Yeah. Talor could not have pulled off the Benedict job.
0: Ooh. Okay. Interesting. And, and you yeah. say that even with like knowledge of thirteen and yeah. and his involvement there. Okay.
2: Well, even like the, the way the difference between men and Conmen is that men actively take what they want. men will trick you into giving it to them. Mm. So what happens in the in the Oceans Eleven is that they essentially trick Benedict into giving him their money. Giving them yeah. his money. They yeah. trick him with the fake surveillance footage. They trick him. Yeah. You know, and he just gives them their money. It's just, yeah. And the second, the second one, um, I mean, I guess, I guess that they kind of just, just whisk it away by ac- by random chance. They no, they just grab it. They, they, they grab it on the
0: train. Well, they trick. They tr- well, it doesn't matter when they grab it because the point, the, like it's it's kind of a, a a pot that they're winning at the end instead of like the actual yeah. cash itself or, or you know whatever. So the I, I think like the they they have to play it out at the end there and like show that they've tricked hi- like instead of them tricking uh, the villain from the first one, they're now instead tricking to lore and 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 making that the center, which I think is like. I think that could have worked for the whole movie. I think it could have just been like the Night Fox showing up and saying, Hey, I challenge you guys to a thief off. And that is the plot of our movie. I don't know if we need, um, you know, uh...
2: Benedict showing up. Yeah. uh, Yeah.
0: Which, and like I say that, I love him showing up. That is probably one yeah. of my favorite sequences in the movie, uh, as far as positives go, is like the the single shot reveals as he shows up in the lives of all the different thieves. Yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. it's just so great. Um, <laughs> sh- showing up at the the little Mormon wedding rehearsal, right? Show, oh yeah. <laughs> showing up at the in in the in the playing piano in the recording studio with Basher, like classic i just i don't know if it's necessary i think it i disagree it sets I, th- up something. I think
1: creates pressure for them in it a does. really good yeah, way for sure yeah uh, that uh, that forces the situation
2: the time limit that's given to them that is impossible <laughs> <laughs> two weeks to do a case job like that no that, yeah well that's that's that, they, they should have given them like a month yeah mm-hmm. especially with the amount of
1: flights they do there's several spots where it's like that flight is like a day and a half
2: yeah, it's like there's this is way like when are they sleeping? When are they when are they resting? Like there's no way this is possible. Well, they do kind of play with that,
0: <laughs> right? Uh
2: But the the bigger point is just travel oh, time. Oh yeah, does, yeah. yeah. Does I mess had with five express. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, What are you talking about it's day off. We gotta go. It's like it's eleven thirty day before. Which the big dick part about
1: that one is that that means that Talor actually changed his watch.
2: No, oh, yeah, it's, it's not just the, it was
1: not just the call. He actually changed the watch. Because yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. How many espressos did you have? Five. Come on in. Yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I love when the two of them just sit on the couch and he pours the wine. He it's so misses. perfect. And it doesn't matter. They just keep going. <laughs> 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 That's the shit I like in this movie. It's just the oh, little yeah. character bits. But it's like that th- I remember like, I can't remember what critic. Oh, it was Richard Roper, a critic I absolutely don't like. Um, but he said in his review of this film, he said they probably had more fun making it than we would have fun watching it. And that's probably true because that it's, sounds it's like right. It just, it just feels like a bunch of guys just being like, oh, let's just hang out and have fun. Cause it feels like these guys are just on vacation. Oh yeah. The, the, yeah. 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 This crew with this director just hanging out. It's like, yeah, we're just hanging out having fun.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's certainly, but that's the thing. Like it, that's, I, I said that I think this movie is fun. Um, and I, I don't mind necessarily the people making it having a really good time making it. Like, that by, that by itself I mean, yeah, isn't it's, the end of the world. You
2: should <laughs> I, have a good time making a movie.
1: Right. Like, I get that there's a point where you're doing the Adam Sandler thing where it's just like, oh, well, <laughs> we got to shoot this in a Y because oh, I need a vacation? Like, that, where that's the only reason? But you know what? Like, I
2: called that so many years ago, and everyone was like, no, no, it's not a scam. It's not a scam. But sure enough, he even admits to it. Yeah, I'm just doing it to go on vacation. It's
1: like, I, wow, so these are all scams. I don't even know if I'd call it a scam. Like, it's just like good business sense in terms like if you're you have to shoot the movie somewhere what if we did it at a place i want to be like <laughs> isn't it's not a terrible logic and in this case guess what i really want to be like hanging out on the mediterranean coast yeah yeah there's so many beautiful like vistas and villas that we see uh, in this whole thing point. like i i'm just so, so goddamn jealous of the scenery and all of this movie right it's amazing and like to be in that position you know what? C- cool. All right, cool. Do I wish that the movie made more sense? Yes. Do I <laughs> am I mad at them for having a good time? No.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true.
0: It's funny, you can see it track along the trilogy too where like the first movie they're they're doing a remake, they're really out to like sell themselves as being something hot and new and and it really shows like it's re- I think that first one's the most venomous of the trilogy it it is really out to like now nah, this is a different kind of heist movie in this one you can see like You can see that everyone going. Damn, we might do three of these. I'm not going to work too hard on this one. Like, like we are (laughs) here to have a good time. We're here to show up and and just you know like like be cool actors to make hip pop culture references that you know make us look cool. Like it's it's really cool. And then in the third one, it's saying goodbye to these characters. And and so every character gets a costume. Everyone gets to play out and do something different than they've done across the whole trilogy. It's a really like a big epic ode to this group to send him out. Right. And so like, I like that his approach to each movie was nah, just make each one what it needs to be. You know what I mean? Like this is just the hangout movie. This is the one where we see, like we stuff all these guys into apartments in Amsterdam and see like what happens. You know what I mean? They're just going to pop.
3: I,
1: the yeah. one thing I, I want us not to go too far on is to say it's just the hangout movie. And, deny the ambition of the movie. I think that there are oh, sure I like I, for one thing, I think that 13 is way safer than this movie in a bunch of ways. Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, you
0: got to be safe when you're doing the exit, right? Like you really don't want to put yeah,
1: potentially, but, but at the very least Soderbergh is doing some interesting stuff with it. There's so much dialogue that actually does feed into the larger plot, uh, or at least like the reveals once you know what's going on. But again, this whole movie is impossible to crack on your first watch. Yeah. And maybe that's why they're talking about uh, the sixth sense so much in this whole movie too. like where it's like, (laughs) here's more like like, when did you know when did you know like they're like this seems like. All of them were like, let's go drink a bottle of wine and just pitch a heist movie while sitting on like the Mediterranean coast, uh, on like one of these like old shore or actually rather young yeah. shore, uh, in terms of, <laughs> of geologic time, uh, right. like all pebble beaches because like it hasn't been c- crushed down to sand yet and like Capri or something. Um, yeah. and then like, well, one of the, have the, the weirdest, locations most like... wild one, anyway. Go, mm-hmm. sorry, one
2: of the one of the filming locations for this was Lake Como and it was at George Clooney's villa in Laglio. <laughs> it's Bet. like they're literally filming in his house. Yeah. So, you can't tell me that yeah, they didn't just, just have some out.
1: peyote and just like came up with a thing.
2: <laughs> right. What if we did a fake heist, guys? Listen, guys, we've
0: got the biggest actors of our generation all together and hundred and ten million dollars. Let's go to George Clooney's house. <laughs>
1: well don't go to george Clooney's house do a bunch of drugs and be like all right so it's a fake heist didn't we already do a fake heist no but l- that time that was so we could steal the thing this time we've already stolen it
2: <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean I, I, a lot of it feels like this is kind of like the people's the actors lives kind of like like sneaking its way into the movie like when they're playing that prank on uh uh matt damon when they're uh
0: I loved they're, that. Oh, yeah, my what God.
2: Was, uh, Robbie Coltrane. They're clearly just fucking with him. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And they're all
1: like looking at each other throughout the whole thing.
2: <laughs> like, yeah. Clooney and Pitt are known for pranks on their on their castmates. And that's clearly just them fucking with Matt Damon. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Dude, it's
2: clearly just them fucking with him.
1: Well, and before that, the scene, he's like, hey, I, I studied a lot. I, I think I'm ready for a bigger role this time. Like, it, <laughs> yeah. it was as meta as you could get of a line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He oh finally gets his
2: big big role in the third movie. So the, nose the nose
1: plays. The nose plays.
2: Oh, can we talk about how it's wait, great? Wait, I, parent- we, we
0: talked over Seth though. I do want to like get his. <laughs> yeah, what, what,
2: what were you saying, Seth? What were you saying?
0: Oh no, I was just chiming in along with you guys. No, the, the nose plays. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. he gets his moment.
2: Yeah, can we talk about how the people that have to bail everybody out is Matt Damon's parents? Yes, <laughs> Linus's parents have to bail him out at the end. Of the right. Movie. Which, the
1: one thing that bugs me is that. I wish they were like people from the original Ocean's Eleven movie. Although it'd be hard for his mom because there weren't any women in that movie. So
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> well, there's there's that's another problem that there's barely any women in these movies either. Yeah. Like part of the reason that Julia Roberts and um, Catherine Zeta Jones didn't come back for the third one, is they said, "Yeah, we're barely in this script to begin with. Why would R- we come back?" Yeah. So right. I, I don't <laughs> blame them for being like, "Yeah, we're out. See ya." That
1: said, fuck man. Catherine Zeta-Jones like this might be my other big hot take Catherine
0: uh, Zeta-Jones my other big she dips hot take is lasers. this might be
1: the the movie where she is just like the prettiest person like she is so goddamn gorgeous and in this movie and like i used to joke when i was in like in college it's like ooh those pregnancy enhanced movies but like like she like is just stunning in this movie and you're like i can see why rusty would would go through a lot to like win her back and like to yeah you know sure it's all very convenient and all that but you're like wow like like damn and as far as like this like no-nonsense cop who's, like, coming up behind them. I think we could have used a little bit more of that in with her, like, have her be a little bit scarier than she is in this movie. But she's pretty good. Like, so, she, like she's pretty vicious as, like, this Interpol agent.
0: There's one shot where she has the big red leather coat on, and I was like, <laughs> come on, guys. She could have been the Carmen Sandiego of this movie. Oh, yeah God And that it. just... Right over the head, they didn't do it, and like I think that would have been the best turn. Like I think the the oh, if last she was Lamarck, actually. <laughs> well, well if, the, if the last turn, well of the...
2: that well that she's already done that movie. It's called Entrapment right. with Sean Connery. <laughs> she's right. already done that movie.
0: Well, like I think that would have been the best turn at the end. Would be to to show Rusty that they like had planned on him doing all this to get her back, and that they they weren't estranged. They knew each other the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, I think that would have been really cool.
1: Oh yeah. I really like that. Um, yeah. I, I almost like that more. I don't, I don't mind either version of it, but like, I, I, I actually rather like that more than yeah. What dude, we got. If
0: you, if you, if you make her secretly Carmen San Diego throughout the whole thing, like that's that, that could add a lot. I think that would be really yeah. cool.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. So speaking about how this movie is like 2004 as hell, yeah Um, there's there's some things we have to talk about just in general like so there's goods and there's bads. okay on the good side this movie made me weirdly nostalgic for tiny not smartphones uh oh yeah yeah, you can just have like this tiny device that like covers your bases and doesn't need to like fill up a huge amount of space i'm speaking as someone with a folding phone so like in terms of i've got a mini tablet in my pocket at all times but like (laughs) uh like there are moments where i'm like oh yeah like just like having this little this little guy like you know, the zoomly under style, tiny thing is like, is kind of fun. And I, I, I see that and I'm like, Oh yeah, it, it used to be nice. Um, the fashion is wild in this movie, the amount of like turtlenecks oh, yeah. under, under button down shirts and like, all, like all the looks, uh, probably influenced me way too much in my like senior, like junior and senior year of college kind of oh, era. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it feels very James Bond inspired in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Yeah. Very much like the turtlenecks. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's just like, Daniel Craig in the Bond movies later yeah. on, like where he got the turtleneck. I think it was Inspector where he got the turtleneck. I think is where it was. Oh. I want to say sounds right. Yeah, I don't remember Specter very much. <laughs> then again, nobody remembers Specter. Well, and,
0: and like we we had him in a turtleneck as far back as like uh, I want to say early, right? Like like pre Sean Connery, we had a turtlenecked James Bond.
1: Turtleneck it's, it's, under it's, a button down.
0: Oh, not under a button down. I
1: don't. Under that, that's down, no. that, that's kind of the key there. I I mean like. I think I think you're thinking of Steve McQueen. <laughs> the, Maybe yeah. That. yeah Maybe. I- Either way, like looks good. Music references, I, I thought, yeah. were I mean, th- there's so many things that are like f- so specific to the era, like the fact that, you know, Julia yep. Roberts actually was pregnant. So they wrote that in. But then, like, you know, the amount of movie conversations that are going on, there's a lot of pop culture that is like very much of that moment. And it feels like this is a like a post clerks era where people are like, oh, yeah, we can make pop culture references and people will
2: eat that shit up.
1: Right. But yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, very indulgent in this movie, considering the people who are in yeah. this movie. Uh, and it makes was me this wonder
2: raptor clerks, too.
1: Uh, It's before Clerks 2, but it's like after the like Kevin Smith, like the viewers universe had been so popular. So it's post Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, which was 2001. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think this is around when like Jersey Girl came out. Oh,
2: yeah. That <laughs> in, in terms of
1: stuff, uh, but I, I just think that this is like part of that like burgeoning awareness of pop culture, uh, that w- would come to dominate you know, Adult Swim's like getting launched around this time, uh, probably what mm. like I think it was like 2000 when Adult Swim came out yeah. in the first place, um, or you know, maybe 2002. So we're, we're starting to see like pop culture in general just sort of like really start to become navel gazy and. Uh, this is one of those movies on the forefront because like I compared it to Entourage. I think that's apt. I think that this is yeah. the same kind of era. Uh, there's a lot of like looking at this like luxury that is uh, very much a part of the like pre-2008 uh, stock market crash.
0: Ooh,
2: yeah. For yeah. For real estate. Don't they, reference, <laughs> don't they reference some kind of like crash coming with the uh, the stock market? I saw it coming. The... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At, at, the, at the
1: point, he's saying it's so easy to predict the stock market and right. make money so that that just feels like this is the era of pre 2008 where it was just like oh well but if you were smart you could be rich yeah 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 and not really acknowledging how parasitic it was uh it's misogynistic as hell as as a movie goes i mean it yeah a, a, like while like while izzy ultimately is effective she's not yeah. there's like, for one thing, everyone talks down to her and, you know, it's sort of like, look, turn around. The woman is the scary one. Um, like I said, we needed more of her and Tess's relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, she was so good in the first one and she feels way more of as an understudy in this one.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She's just well, dipping her toes on both ends of the movie.
2: Well, we also had the the thought when we did the split the difference episode is that Tess is in the first one is basically just a prize to be won. Mm. That's kind of what yeah. she is to Danny Ocean. That she's kind of like, oh, that there's the prize. You get the girl at the end of the movie, and like this one, it's like she's she's not really involved until the film needs her to be involved. Like she's barely even a part of the crew. Honestly, she doesn't even see Danny Ocean in person until what the last scene. <laughs> I, I I like the
0: I like the idea that the way she plays the beginning is kind of implying that she wants to be involved in the next heist. Like, when she thinks that yeah. something's popping off, she's like, hey, do you want me to, like, not paint the house? Like, she acts like she's ready to go, like, she wants to be in. Yeah, but we could have used a little more of her, like, uh, throughout if she was going to be involved. I think the the end yeah. reveal, it is out of convenience. It, yeah. Even the yeah, movie, I can... like, is inventing convenience to, like... <laughs> Matt Damon, for as much as I like him in his movie, there are two scenes where he basically goes, gee whiz, guys, wouldn't it be weird if we we made her Julia Roberts? (laughs) It's, like, so on the nose.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I can see why they made an all-women version of this franchise. I get it. I understand. I Because, like, you know, there's a lot... Whenever there's always that uh the neck the the uh the neckbeard people always like to come out and say like oh you made a movie with all women that hate men. It's like well men have always had films that are just populated with men. <laughs> it's like why can't you have something on the opposite side? It's like I completely understand where they went with *Oceans 8. I get it. Totally. I haven't seen it. I mean, reviews-wise, it got good reviews. I mean, well, apparently and apparently like, it made money. They're
0: so. they're robbing the Met Gala, and they are a team yeah. of beautiful women. You know what I mean? Like it, much use in, that to your advantage. Yeah, <laughs> much in the same way. Like the the, the movie, the first of *Oceans*, so pornographically makes all the guys firemen for a minute. You know what I mean? These were the hottest yeah. men of the early two thousands, and they made them firemen for a scene. I just want you to like ruminate on that for a second. They did that on purpose.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, the first movie especially is like reveling in the fact that look like look at all the not huge name actors that are part of the crew. Like it's like like Scott Kahn, for example, where it's like, well, yeah, he could be a next a next big thing or Casey Affleck. Like all of these are people who are just like on the periphery of blowing up uh, or already are the biggest names in show business. And like uh, of this kind of like boys club kind of aspect of it all like it. It's fun to see from like the experiment of putting it all together. And the this movie is just continuing with that crew and being like, aren't they fun? And, you know, I think for the most part, that is true. Like, I don't know, like, there again, there's spots that are like good to fix. But at the same time, the movie is an enjoyable romp with these characters. And oh. I almost just wish it was a little bit more of a romp.
3: Mm.
1: Like a little just bit.
3: Kind
1: of a, yeah, a, kind a, kind a few of, more hang, let's, things,
2: let's... you know. Yeah, let, let's see what the let's see what the crew is up to now. Like you don't need to have like a big heist. I'm like just say oh, what's the crew up to now. Well, I like that
1: they like that they like hop from lily pad to lily pad of like smaller jobs in this movie versus just yeah. one big job. Yeah. I think that's kind of fun. That but was I fun. really hate that I mean, like I said, I I shouldn't say really hate, but like, I'm just like, it's too much to do the Julia Roberts thing. Like that whole bit right there is a bit too much. And it would have been nice yeah. if we had like one more like kind of job that they did in the middle of it. Plus, I have some thoughts about how they open it. Um, it. You know, it's. But on the other hand, like there's things like the end sequence in this movie where like they have that like poker night with them all. Yeah, um, that I think is rather fun because you know what that feels like. It feels like a rap party. It does. Yeah. It may have been like, yeah, (laughs) we we don't know. They've Uh, turned into one for sure. And that's really cool. Like the, the, like it feels like the production side of it. Like while, yeah, the movie is arguably an excuse for them to all like go to all these like beautiful Mediterranean places. Right. um, It is also like theoretically a little bit of a like rumination on movie making to a degree, as much as all movies are ruminations on movie making, like the people making it are people who work in the movie industry. And like, that feels like a very true party.
0: Mm, yeah, like, it's not just yeah. a cool
1: scene. It's just a very true one. Um, and considering that this movie has so many shots that are like trying to do this, like European, like like filming style kind of things throughout it all, especially with all the Italian music. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it, it feels like a nerd, <laughs> uh, like a film nerd movie. That enjoys like making film nerd references and is having a good time and just sort of assumes that you're going to watch it a bunch of times, maybe with the commentary track. So they try to make it like deliberately obtuse. And then when that doesn't do so well, they like scale it way the fuck back for 13.
2: Yeah, they even dropped the budget on thirteen as well. Like the budget on this one was what was it, one hundred and ten million? One ten. The budget on thirteen was uh, eighty-five million. They scaled it way back. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> they're like, oh, you're in just using this, time, this list. guys, not in Europe, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, you're just using this as an excuse to go on vacation. Yeah, fuck you. You're gonna be saddled with more producers <laughs> on set now.
0: Right. You guys can go <laughs> vacation in Vegas again.
2: <laughs> Stop ordering the lobster at every restaurant, you assholes. <laughs>
1: Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I mentioned that there are like personal moments that this was just kind of like right for me. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'll mention some of those. So I I referenced that I used to do capoeira. uh, So that's a big thing that Talur does both as a workout sequence, which I rather enjoyed. um, And then his dance through the laser grid, which is definitely they were like lore, do Capoeira through the laser grid and then we'll put the lasers in to sort of match the position because there right. are some movements that do not make any goddamn sense. Like, <laughs> like, why would he put yeah. his legs out in the first place? Just keep them close to your body. And so, like several of those spots. I, <laughs> I,
2: I feel like it was a joke based around that. Like I mentioned earlier, Catherine Zeta-Jones film Entrapment. Yeah, She oh, yeah, has yeah. to like bend and wind her way through a laser grid using the same movements, but it's kind of like stiff and stilted. That's the actual version. This is the fun joke version. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Like that's definitely where that scene came from. But I'm saying in terms of like how they did it, there was never any thought about like, well, what are the lasers doing? It's just like,
2: do do some stuff. Like, yeah. Well, (laughs) clearly there were no lasers on set, That's clearly CGI. They they just had him do a scene and put the lasers in. after. Yeah.
1: But like, like, that's why we end up with a whole, like for one thing, it's like chopped together, but for like, they're, they're probably like, oh, you know, it'd be cool if you like grab onto that statue and position yourself behind it for, for a spot. Like, it felt very improv and that's yeah, fine yeah. um but i the point is i love capoeira I, I i used to do it i used to really enjoy doing weird headstands and stuff and like it's fun to see sequences like that in a movie and this it was like very in at the time um, yeah 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 so there was that uh, like I said, the, there's like the weird Matt Damon thing that's going on. And then lastly, um, they are in Rome when they're like for the, the last chunk of the movie. And when they're right. leaving um, after like Linus's mom gets them out and they're all in the, the SUVs driving, they pass by the Circus Maximus and they're setting up for a concert in the background that I went to. That's so cool. What concert was it? <laughs> uh, it what concert was it? was. It? I, I. I. Now it's been like twenty years. so It's hard for me to remember the name of it. But it was like a big like festival thing that was like. Uh, like Oprah was there for some reason. Stomp was okay. there. It was like this big like like you know world peace unite raise money kind of event. Oh, oh that's well. cool. Yeah, okay, and I yeah, happened yeah, to be yeah. in Rome for it, and so we went to it at the Circus Maximus, and it was like this is so fucking dope. I'm seeing a concert at the Circus Maximus, and like we'd scored some weed. It was
3: great. Nice. <laughs> okay, <so. laughs>
1: Uh, yeah. so like there's like personal connections on that one as well like the reason why i saw it so many times was that like when i would hang out with people i went on that trip with like we were like you want to go see oceans 12 again yeah sure okay cool like that's so maybe funny. it's just like feeding back into that whole sort of loop but at the same time it's there it, w- it was very much real for me <laughs> that's so um, cool
2: nice Hey Seth, remember when we did the Justice League episode and I pitched that Wonder Woman, my version of Wonder Woman, would do capoeira? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. As her fighting style with a, with, got one of her legs chopped off, replaced it with a sword? Imagine her in that laser grid scene. That's what it would look yeah, like. Yeah, I can see <laughs> it.
0: A, I can see it. It's cool.
2: Hey, why couldn't we have that in one of the Justice League movies? <laughs>
0: do you, Why couldn't we have a Justice League movie?
2: What, or a finished one? <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah well at least you have Kingsman
1: where you've got basically the same kind of concept going with like oh yeah, true. Yeah. Well, oh yeah oh yeah
2: well it's literally where I stole it from right that's <laughs> literally right. where I stole it from so well yeah I mean it, I think the biggest biggest thing I would fix I, I I like him but I think Benedict being in the movie is kind of like a distraction I like his scenes but I only like them in isolation because he only shows up at the beginning and he shows up at the very end. So I prefer if why can't you just make the Night Fox the main antagonist? Like Danny Ocean gets the challenge and it's like, oh, let's yeah, let's face off. Who can get the most cash within two weeks? Well that's that seems like a more interesting plot to
0: me. Or make. or even if if what if the reason Bennett is here is to be used as leverage later on? Like a, hey, actually the stakes are higher. I'm I'm gonna Alert uh, Benedict to your whereabouts, and you know, let him know he can come collect. Uh, and mm. and so, like, what what is ostensibly the beginning of our movie could be the looming threat of the movie instead. So he, he could can yeah. like still be a cameo. I, I'm not trying to like you know not have him in the movie at all. But well, I but think- he
1: could have been like a force multiplier later on. Like he could have been uh, the act two stakes increase, like after they like refuse the night Fox's initial like threat or like challenge, uh, then it's like, well, Mr. B- like Mr. Benedict is someone who I have good relations with. And like he walks in or something like that. And like, right. We set up, you know, just like how scary the, the like this all is like a, a shift in stakes or maybe like a, a halfway point, uh, increase where we get a threat yeah. earlier. Um, and he's actually like introduced later to like bring it to fullness. Um, because if we're, we're if we're in pitches now... Uh, uh, unless anybody wants to take a potty yeah. break, I'm, I'm good to go. I'm good. I'm good to go. Let's do so, it. So one thing I think that we're missing, especially with that dynamic of the con man versus the thief, um, is that I think that this particular job should make all of the team feel alive again in a way that I don't think... It does. I think that the Mm. opening of the movie, all of them should be in way more desperate straits than they are. Like some of them are. Like Rusty's in a bad spot with his hotel. (laughs) But I think that they all should be in situations where life sucks now. Like they have $12 million or $13 million each and they're not doing anything with it. Like – sure they could be spending it, but they're not actually like living like a joyful life. Like the money Mm -hmm. hasn't bought them happiness. And I think that for all of them, we should have some version of whatever they're doing now is a way worse version of the type of job that they were doing as part of it or, or an antithetical kind of thing now to what they were doing as part of their like, con man gigs before something, you know, some sort of situation where, oh, they should be happy now. They have so much money. They can do like all their passions that they had always thought that they could do. And, you know, like, like stuff with like, um, uh, the, the one guy being like a comedian, uh, and a, a terrible one, like that I think is <laughs> no, fine yeah. for that kind of a circumstance. Um, but for others, it's like, well, I guess he's just getting married and everything's fine. And, and, you know, like it should like Scott con's character, for example, is in way where has way less money than almost all of them uh minus the people who are actually in debt and he's like well you've never seen something to build something we have no idea what he did with his money Yeah, and it would be, yeah. it would feel fun if all of them are in bad spots or like doing little versions of it like danny could be like he goes to the bank we should see him rob the bank and it's like why'd you do that cuz i'm fucking going insane without fucking robbing people right now like what the hell right. are i supposed to do I in like new that. haven connecticut
0: okay I like that have like yeah. have yen working retail just like standing stiffly all day
1: or, yeah or, or something <laughs> or or is just like stealing from people that he's around but it feels like very empty you know like I feel like crime should be in all of these people's bloods Um, and this is not a noble spot of their life where they're stealing from people and it's actually hurting them at this point. It feels bad that they're doing that, that they're not getting the thrill. It's too easy or it's, it's too lowly. Like, you know, it's, uh, it's all versions of that. They should have been in a way better spot considering that they're coming from with like wealth that would set anyone up for life. And now they are just kind of, unhappy and stuck in this situation. And then the threat and maybe, you know, it, it starts maybe instead with to like challenging them and that gets them together. And they're like, I I've got responsibilities. I got to be back home. But they're like, they get in on, on it, especially if there's the threat of Benedict and that drives them to get into the situation um, and that's where at first they're all bickering and then they're like getting the cobwebs off. And as they go through the movie, they they start kind of remembering the joy of it. Like each one of them should have a scene where they do their thing and it brings them so much happiness somewhere in the first half of the second act.
0: Ooh, I like that. So instead of like the the Terry Benedict opening that we get, what if we instead we get a the night Fox putting the team together. He's like showing up in their Mm -hmm. in their dumpy lives and being like, you got something more you could go for. I mean, come check out this meeting. I'm going to get everybody together. And so he's like getting the team together so that he can commission them into this challenge.
1: Yeah. Something like that with the, with like maybe the, um, the envelope that they get at the first place. And I like that the Amsterdam heist for the record, I think as an idea, that's really cool. Um, so I think like something like that, where you get these like envelopes at each, if all these guys are like stealing stuff, um, then maybe that's how it happens. Or they, or they all get caught. Like, like each one of them is getting arrested at like, because they're screwing up, they're getting sloppy. Um, you know, like I said, just something to set up that the version of themselves that they're experiencing at the beginning of this movie is the worst version of their lives, despite mm. the fact that they have all this wealth. Um, and then the, the yeah. Night Fox taunts them and like gets them together to to challenge them going off of what Jesse was saying. And then the reason why they decide to go with it is because the threat of Benedict is there. So we set him up, but then we don't bring him in until halfway through the second act. Right.
2: Yeah. Because the opening of this movie, they never seem to it doesn't seem like they've lost a step at all. Like they've been out of the game for like, what, three years at this point? Yeah. Like they haven't done anything. So if you didn't do your, your main profession for three years and we're doing some other thing, you probably lose a step or two. Right. So yeah, they don't seem like they've lost a step. They seem like they're doing just fine. Rusty and Frank
1: did that, that Italian job in the interim, like the Bulgari case, like Mm -hmm. because like, Rusty and Frank hadn't linked up before, or at least they were doing like their own things leading up to Oceans 11. Um, or may- maybe this is right before because it's three and a half months before the actual movie is when uh, Rusty runs off on uh, on Izzy. So right. like maybe it's right mm-hmm. before and he comes to America and then, then he's teaching the kids poker or it's right after. But I, I took it to be right before because he's with he's with Frank at that spot. It's, it'd be right. weird for them to. Yeah. Uh, split up come back split up without them being better friends than what we see in the movies totally um, yeah like that would be kind of its own thing uh so i get the, get the vibe that some of them do go on to do additional crimes after the ball greek or pardon me the um bellagio heist the benedict
0: job i would like to show those yeah. guys specifically talking about the bellagio heist as if it was like 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 they you know being prom king you know what I yeah. mean? Like it. Like the job they're currently on means nothing to them. They just want to talk to these other thieves about how cool that that other big job was, mm-hmm.
2: or they're doing like big prep for like something small, like robbing a like a like a Walmart or something. Oh and yeah, just, I love that. And anything to satisfy that itch. Just like, oh God, yeah, just anything, please, anything will make me happy. I, I love that <laughs> rug
0: pull. Like the Malloys are are trying to pull off a heist in the middle of the wedding or something like that. It's, it's like a
2: Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Best Buy on Black the, Friday. Yeah, they're getting away anything with like a stack to keep of PS4s. The vitriol
1: of the and and that wonderful honeymoon at Epcot Center. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's the one thing I, I'm sad to lose if we don't have Benedict. So we need to have someone else do it. Yeah. And no, Night yes. Fox could do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the Night Fox yeah. is
0: doing is doing those those meet and greet setups at that point. Yeah. Because yeah, we got to keep that line.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Wait. What if um, What if Scott Con's character is reading the note and then Casey Affleck's character? Sorry, it's Virgil and something, and I, I get them mixed up. Um, Casey Affleck is like, Did you have to put that stank on? the the Epcot center part. It's like, no, he put them in that part in italics, <laughs> like get him to read the lines. And then like
2: that way, that's and then Have
1: a joke afterwards that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs>
2: yeah. Megan, the night Fox, like the main villain of the story actually retroactively fixes a lot of the issues with oceans 13. Cause he just kind of shows up. Yeah, <laughs> in the middle of the movie. Oh yeah, oh, I hate just his appearance appears. in thirteen. I, I like. Yeah. I would almost There's rather no he not be there. There's no reason for him there. to be there. He's a cartoon yeah, he,
0: character in thirteen. Yeah,
2: <laughs> there is no reason for him to be there. Because he's just like, oh, he's like, he stole fake diamonds? Like, dude, you didn't think that they probably swapped them.
1: <laughs> also, why are you getting involved here? <laughs> they like, did
2: it to you once already! <laughs>
1: l- like, the whole point is that he's a bored socialite who, like, he's he's Catwoman or Black Cat or, like, any of these, like, comic characters that are usually, like, female characters. And it's yeah. wonderful yeah. having him be that character. Like, he does great stuff with it. I love the montage introducing him where every single scene, again, it's misogynist, but it, it, it's still sets up this character as every scene has like a different woman on his arms um, and like a different sports car that he gets into. And like all these, like, you know, he's just that rich and s- that all over the place. Um,
2: Everything is a possession. to him.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But like, he's, he's cool. Like I like, I like yeah. a lot of the aspects of the character. I like how how agile he is. Like I said, I like that he is a level 20 rogue, even if we're setting up that that's not actually the best thief in the scenario. Right. Um, I like yeah. that when he, first of all, it's really funny when he breaks into uh, the museum and like the two boys are just like arguing with each other. Um, Like, oh, uh, yeah. that's great. He just walks in. <laughs> I like that he is wearing like a, uh, like a contractor's outfit. So if anyone st- saw him, it could be like, he's looking like he's working on it. Like right. little details where yeah. you're like, Oh, instead of being like, I'm going to wear some badass black, you know, skin tight thing. Like those are moments of the character, like looking like just kind of an, an interesting kind of figure. Uh, Also the shot right before he starts the dance in the lasers, he's in silhouette. And so it's just the old iPod commercials. Uh, Oh yeah. (laughs) Which like is, is definitely intentional. Again, this movie is a film nerd movie. Um, Right. Yeah. And were those iPod commercials actually shot by Soderbergh? They might've been Jesus. If they were, then that's, I
2: I, I think they were. He did he's done a lot of commercial work. Oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a look at it. him right now.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, I, yes. I I like this idea of him kind of being the villain across the whole thing. It does it does give a good setup for his like introduction into 13. I agree, Jesse, that retroactively works there. Um and, and also it lets him be a little menacing too. I think sometimes uh Danny is like way too confident. And so having someone to throw him off uh his confidence really works.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I just realized something. Mm. Uh, the character of the Night Fox reminds me of uh, a combination of Sly Cooper. I was going to say <laughs>
0: Sly Cooper is like straight up the one to go with.
2: But he also reminds me of, um, there's a Mark Millar comic called Nemesis. Have you heard of this case? The yeah, Nemesis. yeah. Yeah, it's a terrible comic. It's absolutely abhorrent. It's it's offensive. It's disgusting. It's vile. But it's the idea of like, what would, what if Batman was the bad guy? Like, what if he used all of his wealth and power to do horrible things? Oh, my God. Like first issue, he like he jumps on the front of of Air Force One and shoots the pilots, so it it crashes into a tunnel and just kills like a like a thousand people. What the? Fuck? Just because he could? Oh my god! Like he could, you just get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, there's a movie that's supposed to be made pretty soon. I don't really care.
1: Well, Millard has like, good connections in terms of making stuff. Um, I I can't verify that Soderbergh was attached to these. The the commercials were put together by an advertising agency. Um, uh, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Jobs didn't like them at first but they pushed them through so Soderbergh's at least not mentioned when I like read through the advertising campaign like wiki page yeah, uh, yeah which yeah. you would think that would get mentioned at yeah.
2: least I know he's done a lot of TV commercials because whenever he's like taking a break between films he'll do like a lot of commercials oh yeah to- totally
1: might have I'm just saying I can't confirm it and but and like clearly the shot is a reference to it regardless of if it is a reference to his own work, or just what was super in the pop culture at the time, because this is the most right. 2004 movie. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. People don't realize a lot of filmmakers do a lot of like TV commercial work on the side. Like oh, David, David Lynch is David Lynch has done like milk commercials, but they're not weird. Just like oh, it's just it's there for a paycheck, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just it, it's it's just what you do. It's like you just you just do commercials in order to make the bills get paid while you're between film projects. Michael yes. Bay got so. his
0: start in the same place and like the reason to do it is because that is where you're going to learn all the lighting techniques you need, all of the yeah. the staging and and you get a chance for acting and some of the voiceover stuff. They can happen, and Michael like,
2: Bay knows how to light cars because he shot a lot of t- he shot a lot of car commercials. And, it, and it's and it's telling it. it's
0: telling a story visually. That's that's what it is. If you yeah. if you can do that, then when you have a good writer and good plots, uh, that'll all figure itself out later. If you know how to visually tell a good story, so that's why they do so many commercials. It's, it makes sense. It's their it's their creative yeah. palette.
2: Yeah, there's no shame in it. <laughs> it's just it's just work. You know that's fine.
0: So uh, we've gotten up to kind of the halfway point of the movie. This is the point where I think we need to start to seed in the fact that this is a heist within a heist within a family get together
2: within a
1: con. (laughs) I I feel like this is where the specific con comes into play. Um, If the the Fabergé egg doesn't come into play until the halfway mark and that's when Benedict is introduced, I think those can play together because – we we can do some version of the Amsterdam heist and I would like to see one more in between there um don't spend quite so much time on the Amsterdam one I also think that so here here like here's one thing um the introduction of Izzy I think if she's not the most important character then I would rather her just be introduced when um there is the shot uh like when they fire the crossbow bolt and then it cuts to them running in or like the agent like running in to like get her and give her the info um mm. yeah if she is so important that we need to have the opening scene then sure leave it in there but it's like nice to like i i really feel it would be such a dynamic introduction for me i really think it would be such a dynamic introduction to have her like um be there in that scene where she's giving the lecture um
0: what if she's voice only in that opening scene? Oh, I think yeah, the, that would, the whole oh, scene that could function it. without showing yeah, her Yeah, because she's voice it, only at the
1: beginning as well. Yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. Of, of like this, of the real intro scene. So that would be right. perfect. Uh, and then we don't have to deal with that bad wig. Um, so then <laughs> we, we set, the, so we set her up there. So this is happening in, at the first half of act two. Um, like I said, one more heist in the middle there where they're, they're trying to out, outdo the Fox, but he keeps like be besting them. Um, and then they're like, well, we have to confront him or we have to do you know whatever reason where we get into the conversation with him and that's when Benedict is brought in um and where the situation is is made clear that the money only is going to go into Benedict's account if they play ball with the the fox who they've been trying to either avoid or what they were challenging but hadn't actually bested him and now it's like, all right now here's the real one. And that's the Faberge egg scenario. So then, mm. what we are seeing is the second half of Act Two is the majority of the heist period for the Faberge egg ish. I guess like the question is like, in the actual movie we got, what is the act th- the break into three?
0: In the movie that we got, I consider the break into Act Three is as we get into the
2: the entire crew getting arrested and then Linus. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah that that is that is like the. The shift.
2: Because the, the film shifts at that point where you have to bring in tests yeah. right. to help them fill. So out so
1: maybe that's still the scenario here, but it's they all get arrested and then there's either bringing in tests but don't do Julia Roberts or something else. I'm not entirely sure. Zucarman, See, Diego. I
0: think I think what we should do with the sequence is we should pay off the Mitsui sequence from earlier where we have Matt Damon. Along with Tess, able to navigate some kind of like code switch talking mission, instead of like doing a thing where like there's celebrities doing doublespeak, Mm -hmm. like they just need the extra body there. She just needs to play like a care, you know, a a character along with him. But then uh, he he fails at it again, and Tess is able to do it because she's been studying with Danny, which is why she's involved Mm -hmm. in the heist in the first place. She's been able to pick up this like this an actual real code language that was like they, they pranked him at first and then they were like we pranked you because you haven't learned the real code language but there is a real code language to learn and then have that pay off with tests and her nest like necessity in the team that's yeah my it could shoulder in the
1: in the opening of the movie where we see Danny like do a, a bank heist or something and when she yells at him and he's just like oh but come on I had like X you know whatever like I had a looky-loo or whatever like thief term you want to use for for why he was able able to make it work um, right and it's like you always say it's you know just establish that she has like perfect understanding of the jargon um, so that she can be part of that conversation we, when she gets roped in.
2: Because he's been off, he's been out of touch. Yeah. Or out of, yeah. Out of season for three years. So he just keeps talking yeah. about uh, it. Like, he just. Even have her. She keeps hearing this shit over and over again. It's like, oh, God, will you shut up and talk about something else, please? Like, like have her. So she's, have it's like in her brain. She can't get it out. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like she, uh, she like, is so annoyed with him that she's even correcting him. She's like, actually, it's not a Looky Lou. It's a Sally Mae because you forgot this item at home before you left. You know what I mean? Like, like right. she's really picked up the, the lingo. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So that works. <laughs> so then we get a version of that at the beginning of act three with them all getting arrested. And, and because I don't think that the, that the bones of this movie are are wrong. I think that the the idea of them being forced back into another score and having this like competition between, you know, this master thief versus this this crew of con artists is a great dynamic there. So we just yeah, need to like yeah, yeah, make yeah. sure mm-hmm. that it's not so opaque that it is frustrating to an audience on the first watch because you don't get a second watch if it is that way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly, if it's already impenetrable, you're not going to encourage an audience to come back. Right. So the then the you question know.
1: is how do we telegraph the the heist having already occurred a little bit better. And I'm not entirely positive how you do all of that, but I think you like I said, there are shots that indicate it. And it, there's a little bit of di- of dialogue that sets it up too where it's like, "Oh, it, sometimes replicas travel and, and are, is on display and no one even is aware," which is ultimately what happens. Um, I, yeah. I think a few more moments like that to sort of spell it out for people would be nice. Um, they're in there. They're, they're I mean, in there, but it's the, just, uh, it's harder to see. And like, like I said, I don't want it to be oceans 13 level simple. I think that the right balance was oceans 11 and that this movie just goes a little too far into making it like, uh, let's, let's tell you how this all happened actually after the fact.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. That, I would say don't do that at the very end. We're like, Oh, we reveal on the train. They'd had a fake fight so they could swap the backpacks. Like, Put that in the middle of the movie and make it seem like it's a real fight. Like Danny's getting like annoyed with the crew uh, yeah. not being able to keep up. So oh, it seems yeah, like it's a yeah, real fight. Yeah. So actually,
1: we see the scene. That's great. Yeah. Um,
2: and then it turns out. Oh, it was actually all right.
1: <laughs> it was actually all bullshit. So they could get that. Back. That's fantastic. I love that. Um, and then I was thinking at the end of the movie when they break off that. Izzy should follow. Brett, uh, Izzy should follow Rusty, but you know Brad Pitt. Um, and that we shouldn't have yeah. this whole conversation when they, like, when they break off. It's like, um, I either an abridged version of that and get her on the plane with less information than what she he had already said. Um, or be discon, you know, be discontinuous here and jump to the reveal with the Night Fox just a little bit earlier, so then we get the Izzy stuff to play out the the rest of it maybe even mm. like the conversation is mostly moved to being on the plane already so that when we get the the night fox seeing how it plays out in his head that we then ch- jump to that scene um so that we mm. so that basically uh, okay. what i'm saying is that most of that scene should actually happen after the night fox reveal so that we know that that's why brad pitt's in such a cocky position at the end of this all um and and so positioned that Everything is fine, like they've, that they've actually already won, um, as opposed to just sort of us assuming because they're the protagonists that they've actually figured it out, figured out a way,
0: yeah. Okay, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, there's this a distinction that needs to be made there.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And and to be fair,
1: chronologically speaking, what ha- that had to happen first, <laughs> like yeah, it's just, yeah. But my point is, uh, yeah, the movie's already discontinuous <laughs> as, as hell already. We can we can throw more in.
0: Is there is yeah. there a scene from within the movie as it exists that we can sub out and put before our opening with Rusty and Izzy to like help aid that at all? Before
1: I don't um, know. I think maybe in the whole flashbacks to their romance, you could do a little bit of that because it. Okay, yeah, yeah. How, yeah, yeah. I we can see we it should there. understand better, yeah. like how Rusty. And Lamarck and Izzy in this triangle of people, like where the starting point is, if it was just chance that Rusty sees her and like flirts with her when he's running from the cops or if it's like if it was actually on behalf of Lamarck or if it was how if it was a random thing, which is not out of the question. And that's why she was attracted to him. And then, you know, like whatever. And then he connects with Lamarck and is like, hey, I found your daughter like some, you know, however those dynamics go. And obviously in the the latter, we shouldn't get that explicit scene, but we should get something kind of setting up that that's
0: what occurred. I, I think I have an idea specifically to pay off your theme here of uh, thieves, like getting what they want and then not realizing it's what they didn't want the whole time. You know what I mean? That kind of mm-hmm. like, like what you want isn't really what you want all along. What if, um... Rusty was doing a con on Izzy to get to Lamarck to learn from him. Like let's let's kind of canonize oh, a little headcanon like, here. That's how they
1: that's how they met. That's oh, okay, how they
0: yeah. met was like he want he 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 was like I can get to Lamarck if I can get to his daughter. So at first it was just like a flingy, I'm just using you to get to your dad. But then after he got his training under Lamarck realized that he had genuine, you know, test like feelings. I like that term um for izzy that's when it shifted and that's that the so the his shift is the reason for the plot launching in the first place and and then it is like uh directly referenced in the states of all of our protagonists across the team so by the time he's completed his his journey and like rediscovering you know why he wants to be with izzy and like the, the value of pulling off this heist to get her back together with his, with her dad to repair what I guess I'm saying he broke here is what I'd like to add in that he's the reason that they're estranged. And so he's repairing the relationship at the same time showing his team that like, yeah, we, we should keep like being thieves together. That's just what we're good at. We don't need to like just do heist and then retire like our original plans wasn't really what we wanted the whole time. What we want to do is this. Yeah.
1: No, yeah. that, I, I like that, and and especially because like the first movie, ultimately it's revealed that it's not about the money, that it's about getting Tess back with Danny. Like, right, right. Like yeah. they could have robbed any any location, gotten so much money with way less like danger, uh, or right. done a couple jobs together, and you know, same situation, not been like nearly as. as you know, putting their neck on the line because Benedict is scary. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they could have easily done that, and it's no, it's actually it had to be this way because the score is huge. But we also got Tess, and that's that's the real prize. Right. Admittedly, it's a problem that she's a prize, but like that's that the, the relationship yeah. is there, <laughs> and like having an element of that, and maybe maybe this is where they've learned their lesson. But I doubt that they would have at this point, and that uh, Izzy being uh, a prize, not so much, but like that the here's where it's like, well, we can repair a relationship as part of it all. Like here's the good Mm. side of it all. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Mm. Uh, Either way. I like, I, again, I keep coming back to in like, man, the movie, like if you give it the, the breathing room that it requires and say like, okay, I'm going to approach this from the standpoint of like, I know what's happening it's enjoyable but like it is certainly like this flawed work that like we've like highlighted all the spots yeah. where like man it w- wouldn't it be great if it was this and then this and then this and i don't know if that was ever in the cards like i don't know if you could have ever made this a better movie at the time because it was also definitely uh, like they did a bunch of peyote <laughs> at george clooney's place and we're like man how do we do a different <laughs>
2: <laughs> I would make the argument that you, if you just make the film a little longer and add in those scenes this is probably one of the times where I would say the movie being longer would help
0: I don't own. know if the movie needs to be longer that Julia Roberts sequence is eats a lot of runtime that could be used way better yeah. elsewhere well we're
2: cutting that I'm, I'm no, saying no, we're cutting it. no totally <laughs> and
0: like I'm happy to have it cut but if we're adding another heist into the middle of the story to kind of fluff that a bit well the
1: Amsterdam the, job is also a little long um, there and there's a yeah, few yeah, spots. Yeah, no, up. absolutely. Like, the movie is rarely yeah. very fast. It, like there's like sprints that are in there. Usually like the flashbacks. Um, the main sequences
0: we're watching it's very stop yeah.
2: and start. Like it's start stop start stop. It's, yeah,
0: yeah. I think I think genuinely what it could have taken more of is uh some more time with just Rusty and Danny in that kind of meta heist area where they sit, where like, I, cause I think about the, all their exchanges in Rome before they get arrested, where they're like about to trust the whole plan to work without them being in the pilot seat. Right. They'd know they're mm-hmm. going to jail. Uh, their exchanges there are very layered. It is very much like they're not just talking about the heist at the moment; they're talking about the overarching plan here as well. And and so I I could have taken more of that. Yeah. I could have taken more of the espresso scene. You know what I mean? Where they're sitting up late and like the part of the reason they're so charged there and the rest of the team isn't is because they know there's an extra layer to all this that the other team doesn't know that the rest of the team doesn't know about.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that is really enjoyable about this movie on rewatches, because there are so many scenes that have at least like a part of that. And that's a really big yeah. one in this movie. But like there's set, like the whole when they're in prison, like debating how far they're going to get. Like it's because they have the knowledge that
0: it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah. 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 They're going to get yeah. out anyways. <laughs>
0: they planned for that. Yeah. yeah. I love i that. That becomes more and more obvious the more we visit the prison and get shots of them so i'm glad the movie kind of like does fuck off for a minute with linus to be like okay don't look at these guys they're they're too cocky they're too right. confident <laughs> they, they know they've done it
2: yeah yeah it's the inverse of the uh the villain got caught on purpose Well, in this case it's like the heroes got caught on purpose yeah. like it's the, it's the inverse of that which i think that was it? it was like the dark knight started that where like the joker got caught on purpose and then like the avengers did that and into darkness uh, yeah it, like, there's I, so yeah. many movies that did that fucking y- yeah
0: trope. you've seen that done a lot and and like genuinely that's existed for a while because it invents reasons for our villain to be in the same place as our heroes you know what i mean like that yeah, is yeah to, to have the confrontation right yeah the kind of necessary Where it's
2: like you think i didn't plan for this <laughs> it's like oh, okay yeah we, right? we got to get that
0: so, on screen time you know that uh that Heath Ledger and Christian Bale won all those awards for those Batman movies because of that scene in the interrogation room. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. Straight up. We got to invent that reason to get there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Sure. <laughs> Somehow he got in that room, even though there's only one door and no air shaft. Okay. <laughs> because he's bad I,
0: I, would, I would love to see five minutes before where he's like discussing with a cop like oh yeah let me in there I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna hang out in the shadows wait for that no it's gonna be awesome yeah just shh, shh, don't tell anybody <laughs> it's gonna be really cool when you flip the lights on trust me just you see one cop just vibrating over by the side of the wall like ah,
2: I knew Batman's in there <laughs> it's not police brutality if it's not done by the police Jesus Christ! Oh my God! Oh uh, yeah, I I think we're kind of like where Where do we end this? Do we Do we end this? Because did they plan to do a thirteen after this, or were they just kind of like, yeah, we're just gonna do another one and see if we like it? I
0: would I would bet you don't invest one hundred and ten million without expecting there's gonna be a, a follow up as well. You know what I mean? Like I I can imagine. Do we
2: want to hint that there's continuation? Because if we've already retroactively fixed thirteen by making the night Fox a bigger part of this story? Does it make it worthwhile to have a tag at the end where it's like, Oh, Benedict and the night Fox are going to team up again to try to get more from Dan. I or don't think like that's that?
1: consistent with the circumstances of this movie. When Like th- this is clearly not made with the intent of having a sequel. Um, It's just allows for a sequel, which yeah. is kind of a different thing. And, and an animal of 2004 versus yeah. 2023, yeah. like, Sequel yeah, bait the whole franchising thing really was, uh... come into into Vogue yet. Like it's, you're, you know, we're four years right. away from Iron Man and not that no movie had ever done sequel bait. But I, I, yeah. I think that, that considering that the first one doesn't have any sort of a sequel hook to it and this one, as it was made, didn't have any. I think it was more like, yeah, let's see if it becomes a franchise. If it does well, we'll get another one. But they're not trying to necessarily like force it because it's like, well, it's already the biggest stars on the planet coming together to have a good time. Like, that's the selling point of this movie, like, with, like, a brilliant director, like,
2: yeah, putting
1: them through, like, a fairly interesting piece, even if it is, you know, flawed ultimately.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm talking, like, an ending where it's, like, it's, it's clearly going to lead into another one. Like, I think, like, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Like, they end up two towers, like... The Gollum is like, you know, we could let her do it, clearly referencing Sheila. Well, in, I mean, really, you're comparing Return with like an Empire King. Strikes
1: like, Back, whereas like the fir- you know, first Star Wars is it, very it, I mean, much like its own standalone movie, even though it has the potential for sequels, but it does not like lead into yeah. a direct sequel versus Empire Strikes Back is like a, a, a like a handoff it is intended right. to have. I don't a think this movie was yeah, made was with like it's going to be a trilogy. I think this movie was made with this might be a franchise and it could be fun because I think if 13 was successful enough and like if this had been successful enough, yeah. that like um, there could have been an Ocean's 14.
2: Uh, I mean, well, well, Stoderberg said he stopped at thirteen because he wanted to go out on top. He didn't want to distill. But it
1: I'm out. saying that if it if there had like the producer's side of things, and like if sure. if he had more ideas, oh, yeah. and if he felt like it was a, a like a franchise that he had like a lot of legs, and he could keep making these forever, which he probably wouldn't know until he starts yep. making thirteen and decides, no, I can't make these forever. I'm gonna like go out. I think that this movie mm-hmm. was all like at best going to be like well we have new players on the field for the next time we make a movie, which is still true. Mm. That's what we got. Um, I, I don't think this yeah. movie was ever going to like set up like, well, and then here's the next one beyond more than what we do, because we, we yeah. do have to lure in, being implied to be set up to rob the Bellagio. And then Benedict is going to be mad and on a reign of terror and possibly go after the, the oceans crew again, thinking that it was them. So
2: yeah, I think it's there. I mean, there there's also I'm reading the possible sequel in the end of Ocean's Thirteen. And apparently, there was discussion from Soderbergh that they might be working on another film, I, but that was in June of 2021. I, I so nothing's really come forward yet. So,
0: yeah, I wouldn't hate to see know. it happen, but like the reason for the heist and then what the heist is, those are the two big question marks, right? Because like you, the, a big reason to do a heist movie is to do something new. I like I I'm not here to to just you know see Oceans 13 part 2, you know what i mean? I I like i I would yep. want there to be a, a reason for it. Like like what 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 kind of heist have we not seen yet? You know what i mean? Like if, if we were going to
2: invent some team up team up with the Oceans 8 crew. Oh yeah, for it, it, it's canon. Like in this setting, um yeah, i mean
1: like definitely like a a, a greatest hits scenario it it would be the greatest greatest hits is there anyone left from the original one that's still alive i'm not not, obviously not the main rat rat pack but
0: oh i don't know no not anybody that would be recognizable yeah
1: um god that that would be great but it's it's too long at this point but man can you imagine if they got like a couple of people for like each generation of oceans movies
2: (laughs) um (laughs) oh jesus oh man
0: yeah, I mean I I could I could definitely see a like a passing of the torch movie, you know what I mean, a need to train in a new team kind of thing. But like again, the the reason to do it, like that that's what really gets me. I want to I I like the the heist in the Bellagio and you know recording tapes to get them to to like orchestrate their internal security. That that's really cool. I love that. Um there there was uh, a an anime heist series on Netflix I was watching that had some really great heist setups. Like one of them was a heist during a um, single seat airplane derby uh, set in like Abu Dhabi. So they like race these airplanes around the city, and they have a heist happening during the airplane races. It's that's uh, that's kind of what I'm looking for out of a heist yeah. movie. Like, what is the next next thing to do? Because my issue with 13 is it's just 11 but bigger. And safer because we're seeing the exact same kinds of heist essentially again. So, like, yeah. I, I, that's why I like the Amsterdam job. That's why I like the Faberzee egg job. Like, those are different heists in this series. I, I think
1: what you would need to do is get to a point where the heist is like a multi faceted, like a multi heist situation, but in a contained space because this movie is all over the place. They're like going to like lots of different countries. But if it was like three heists on one cruise ship or something, you could do something at least like slightly different than, you know, the first movie is about one space. And then the next movie is about like a bunch of, a bunch of heists. Um, And maybe you could do one where it's like very, very established location. Um, You know, you know, the geography of the, the heist that we're dealing with is like super well-known, but it's maybe more than one heist occurring. But then that's, I guess just more of a multifaceted single heist. I don't know. I'm trying like, I'm just spitballing here. Yeah.
0: a heist, a heist on a cruise ship it's just smacks of somebody trying to pitch oceans, oceans. And I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's,
2: hey, it has, its its kind of a that, cool yeah. situation. Uh, somebody can make a joke about it. Within, if you want to, there's be no D&D <laughs> Ocean in
1: this movie. It's just, but the crew is all together aside from uh, George Clooney. <laughs> I was like, are we still oceans? <sighs> like, well, yeah. Look at where we are, man. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: I love the fact that they actually call them out in the beginning of the movie. It's like, we're called Ocean's Eleven. Who thought of that I thought name? we all agreed like, that it was the Benedict Job.
1: It just feels hurtful. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was, that, was, that was cute.
2: I mean, if you wanted to do anything, maybe like... Uh... I mean, there's the, the the cliched idea of like the cops hire them to do a job for them because they don't have enough trained people to that do it. That is the so Fast and, like, and Furious hire. movies.
0: You are you are in Fast Eight territory yeah. now, buddy. Well, that's <laughs> never a mind. Escalation. How much money can you get
1: before you start kind of like spilling over into some kind of craziness like this movie this the the most that this franchise touches on I don't want to send the ocean's crew into
2: space that's kind of what I was about to say like the
1: most that this movie and that this franchise touches into sci-fi is like slight advancements in terms of like computer technology and like the hologram from the holograms. like but for the most part it's like oh well the computer is able to read all of your vital pressure stuff which all sounds true enough then like you'd have to like really get into like well which one of these is just you know pseudoscience for the purpose of uh, a A yeah. Hollywood Movie versus which one is an actual yeah. thing that you know casinos do have scary tech for, Um right? You know? So yeah, like though that level of escalation, I don't know how much bigger you could get. I you could do a moving target, but then like th- it, then it just becomes much more camp. It becomes much more uh you know a B movie kind of territory. Like I keep like I'm trying not to just be like, and, and then you could have money plane or something like that. Like.
2: Uh, Money Plane Money Plane Oh you you mentioned You you mentioned Moving Target Has guys ever read The Human Target comics No I
1: I have not But I know The the acclaim That they've been Getting recently Yeah
2: Yeah. So the Tom King uh, Run is really Fucking good It's really good So the idea Is that the character Really has no identity He changes His physical appearance Every single time To the point where It actually fucks With his psychology He forgets who he is the, like the opening of um, back when Vertigo was still in existence, I think they're bringing it back pretty soon. But before it got shut down, the run was he became a black priest, so he literally changes his skin color. He looks exactly like the character, Whoa. and so in order to infiltrate this Paris, it's doing horrible things. So the idea is like he gets he infiltrates targets by literally becoming those people. It's like I know this is like venturing into Mission Impossible territory, but that's really all you can do at this point is just make it harder. Like, make it Mission Impossible. Make it as hard as humanly possible to infiltrate. Mm. You know, that's all you can really do. Yeah, because like, you know, so I was was thinking like Human Target, like, make it near impossible to get I, I think to your the, target
1: the thing we need to remember is that this franchise also like hinges on the heist being fun like the setting yeah. has to be fun like the first one's a casino yeah. and it's vegas and vegas baby and then the second one's like they're jumping all over the mediterranean it's like all these beautiful italian vistas and yeah the, you know the Euro ultimate <laughs> the ultimate theft is the you know the faberge egg like it, it's got be be something kind of enjoyable on top of it being like a really complex heist. So like what is, so like Fort Knox is not a thing that would make sense for the series because like, well, yeah, you can do a Fort Knox heist movie, but that's on an oceans movie. That's just, the, the, that's just the right. ocean's crew doing like a big job. Like,
2: I did that when I did my repayments Army of, Army Army of the dead. I just said make it may just make it for knocks. Like why are you why are you stealing from Las Vegas? Money has no currency right. Like anymore. so, <laughs>
1: I, which is I think a very valid point if it's coming from a different direction. But this is one coming from the direction of like well, what's the most fun? And like I don't know, man. Like yeah. what 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 is it? stocks I guess,
2: but that's just like computer shit and computer stuff starts feeling like
1: a different kind of heist because you're doing cyber crime instead of like real crime yeah yeah
0: it's like black hat stuff it's it's just not the same so like i mean like
1: that's why i actually rather like the like the stock certificate that they steal at the amsterdam job like that's like kind of a fun thing because like there's value to it like art would be a good space for it um robbing you know like but then also they're so competent. So like, you know, it'd be an amazing heist movie, like someone robbing Marvel comics of like original Jack Kirby art. Uh, But that is, that's smaller than what this crew would do.
0: Right.
2: I've got it. So you know how modern art these days is bullshit. (laughs) Okay. Like dumb, stupid art. Like what was that person that like, like put a banana to the wall and like duct taped it to a wall and like sold for thousands and thousands of dollars. Remember that bullshit? Steal, steal, like make it a send up. Make it, make it be like in modern day. Modern art fucking sucks. <laughs> it's like so you have them stealing art where they see no intrinsic value. It's like what is this garbage we're stealing, but it sells for thousands of dollars. Make it a, make it like a joke. Make it like a, a, a parody kind of thing or a send up of a. The Louvre heist would be really fun. But I mean, like the I think uh, uh, like that's location. why. The, I feel like we've done that, though. I feel like we've, we've had. movies. Oh, yeah, well, because we, it's obvious. But like I like I think that
1: this is why Ocean yeah. 8, at least a, from a, a pitch standpoint, makes so much sense. Like to do like the Met Gala, like that's perfect. Like that's exactly the scale yeah. of like it's yeah. elegant and it's fun and it's cool, you know, because it's it's. Like when I say fun, it's also it's it's that that cool Rat Pack kind of vibe. Like here's the 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 Noir, not Noir, the Neo Rat Pack kind of vibe of the of the early 2000s. What are the of the era that's appropriate that is also kind of like suave and awesome? And I get maybe Hollywood, maybe Rob, the Oscars. Yeah, but (laughs) money. Yeah, well, yeah, then you can really do Julia Roberts, Julia Roberts, (laughs) Just yeah. showing up as
2: herself. Actually, yeah. In this
1: reality where this is the movie that was 12, like that would be an amazing
0: 13. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, so Logan Lucky opted to do a NASCAR race because mm-hmm. a lot of cash flows through it.
2: Um, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Also yeah, the Redneck Oceans called. movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the Red. It's Oceans movie, yeah, guys, guys. The it, It's called Seven Eleven, guys. It's 7's 11. <laughs> Daniel Craig has the best time. Dude, oh movie.
0: my God. Oh dude. Is it,
2: <laughs> is it twenty or is it thirty? We're dealing with science here. <laughs> the Joe
0: time. Bang, baby. It,
2: oh god. Was that between the, the Bond movies? I feel like it was between two of them and he just had like some time off. That sounds right. That's yeah, I want to say he just had like a, a free couple of weeks mm-hmm. he's like, Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> I love it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I, mm. yeah. I, another heist, pff, especially for this world. You know what I mean? Like the, these guys are now.
2: Yeah. And you don't want to get like political, like I'm going to steal the declaration of independence. No, because again, that's turning no. it into
0: a different
1: kind of movie. Like. Right. Yeah.
2: Exactly. That's the thing. Like we're running out yeah. of shit to steal here, dude. Like anything that has like real and, value. And has has well,
1: real, just, real value. Because like, it, sure, you could get into like yeah. cyber stuff, but almost all of that feels ephemeral. E- like even before you get into like NFT shit, which would be okay. hilarious if we wanted to do something like I that. I could
0: but. I could see a version where it like the heist is centered around a flash drive and it is like a crypto based thing, but the movie is lampshading it with like every time crypto comes up a character's like, I'm not going to explain crypto again. We're not going through th- we're not going over this again. And it just like lampshades crypto the whole way through. Um because you then you're just playing with the idea of money, and you can kind of make it as much as you want, and and then it's about the players in the game, right? Like, it, it's really all about what you would set up with the, the thieves involved. Yeah. It, it could be the Ocean's crew versus yeah. a new technological crew that are invested in this being crypto and would do, you know, crypto things with it, but we're following the team who doesn't understand crypto and is, like, learning you know, uh, how to operate around the, or, or, or is using that to their advantage. Maybe their analog lifestyle is, is advantageous, uh, <laughs> a in, a, in a digital Galactica scenario.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seth has never watched Battlestar. It's a... actually, yeah, in a, a week, Battle, a Battlestar <laughs> episode in a couple of weeks, in a week, if you want to come back, we're going to watch the pilot.
1: I might. Well, let, 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 let's talk about times and dates. Uh, yeah,
2: we'll talk about times and dates. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's 20 Jesus. years since it yeah. came out. You Feel old? Feel old, a little kid? bit? Yeah,
1: <laughs> a, a little bit. Um,
3: uh,
2: that came out. That came yeah, out back when like I was in college. Sam. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're old farts. Um, uh, I think. God, I I had I had one last thought, which was regards to like something that they could steal. Oh yeah. Um, there was um, there was a comic series that was a spinoff from the Authority that Garth and his Oh yeah, yeah. Kev. Remember Kev? Mm. Uh, Remember what he has to steal at the last I story arc? don't.
1: I've read those, but I cannot remember.
2: It was a videotape of Saddam Hussein having sex with Queen Elizabeth. Oh, my God. And he's hired by the British Prime Minister to find it and destroy it. <laughs> what if that's what the Oasis crew needs to get? Something that could really implicate a member of the crew. And it's not about them stealing money. It's like, we have to get this thing as quickly as possible, or something really bad is going to happen to a member of the crew. Like, somebody did something Yeah, really and this bad. is the era Ooh. of,
1: like, the Paris Hilton sex tape. You could probably claim that the zeitgeist would, would yep. go for something like that.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay, I could see. Yeah, yeah, if they get hired.
2: Danny Ocean and, and Tessa's sex tape leak out to the internet. They have to find the server and shut it down. We, we,
0: yeah, we've never seen the Ocean's crew get hired, you know what I mean? Uh. By, by yeah. like, a, a source that has something to hide that could be cool. Yeah, I, I, that, that sounds that sounds more along this alley too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, it's just yeah. Like,
2: that way you remove the money value. Entirely. Yeah,
0: it's a moving parts. Thing. It's not even about that. Well, and, and maybe yeah. it is a little bit about that. Maybe like the favor that's being asked here isn't funded, and it's like oh yeah. Also, you need to pull off a heist to fund yourselves to do the the bigger heist overall. So then we get an excuse to do like a, a smaller starting heist where we're knocking the rust off
3: yeah
2: yeah that makes sense yeah there you go i like that that's a good one do, try, get the crew back together for one last job just be like yeah this time it's do, do the
0: opposite of like a wonder where everything's working perfectly and do a wonder where everybody's fucking up during the heist and it's like causing a domino <laughs> chain effect <Yeah. laughs> of fuck-ups in the heist <laughs>
2: That reminds me reminds me of the heist you can do in GTA five when you pick the wrong people up for your crew, everything fucks oh up and goes god. wrong. Oh my god. Yeah. If
0: you cheap out <laughs> and like you just lose all your money.
2: <laughs> yeah, if you cheap out and hire the worst people, you lose the you have to pick up the money yourself and you get it's easier to get caught by <laughs> oh, the cops. Yeah. <laughs> uh when we're uh,
1: off mic, yeah. I have a heist script that I've written to uh to tell you guys about. Oh boy. But, oh, okay. Uh, Sounds but good. I feel like we're kinda <laughs> done talking about Oceans twelve at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah, we could we could wrap it up. I think yeah. um uh, the the major points here are is the night fox is the overarching villain. Honestly, you could save the uh the Benedict stuff for the third movie. I mean it essentially does that already, but I'm saying like like the the onus that is in this film could be shuffled along to that movie entirely.
2: Or have him show up at the last scene and be like, the night fox is like, yeah, they beat me. Now what do we do? And then he turns around in his chair. It's like, well, I it's like, well, Mr. Ocean like, owes me a
0: lot of money. He <laughs> owed me
2: a lot of money. That you can move that to the third yeah. movie. That's why they're going to go rob Al Pacino's casino. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Shovel
1: that yeah, over there. I like that. I mean, I think that, that, the, that the, the big yeah. takeaway of what I kept saying is that, like, it, this movie is overly opaque to, on for a first time viewer. And that's the problem of this movie. No one wants to go back and rewatch yep. it, even though I think it has a lot of strengths. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Soderbergh says it's his favorite of the trilogy. Wow,
1: I bet he—it's it's it's my bet—he had, had a lot of fun In terms it of the one I like the most, like I know that eleven is better. 11, yeah. like Eleven's a lot better as as a movie, but like twelve is where my heart I mean, is. Yeah.
2: Mm. I mean, we all agree. Like we can acknowledge that one or one of a series is a better movie, but we have ones that we like better. Like I acknowledge the first Rocky mm-hmm. is the best Rocky. The one I like the most is Rocky Balboa. Yeah, that is the one I will go back to repeat. Yeah. yeah, so you know I acknowledge it is not the best. It is. It's got some sloppy filmmaking every now and again. It's it maybe runs a little sluggish in the middle, but overall, it's my favorite. Hey, yo, don't don't
1: I, don't I get rights? So. Don't I get rights? <laughs>
2: <laughs> also, it has some it's some. Great yeah. monologues by himself. Yeah. Like, if you want to see, like, him on point as an actor, that's that one in the first Creed. When, like when I watched that
1: one Where with my that? wife, uh, we kept on just, like... We basically did a drinking game of being like, that was a good line, uh, Sly. Like, every time, like, he clearly wrote it and was, like, proud of himself.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He clearly... Well, He'd had so many duds at that point in his career. He was kind of like, I just have to just pull out every fucking firearm I have and just knock this <laughs> out yeah. the park. Yeah. I can't fuck this up. Yeah. People were laughing. Like when he's like, you going to do Rocky Six? Like, really, dude? And it comes out. It's like, Oh, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> and that series is yeah, still good. Yeah. That's going. been kind
0: of the going thing for the, whole, for the whole series. Cause when you get to Creed, everyone's like, There's no way the spinoff is good. And then it's fucking amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like,
2: yeah. It's honestly it's probably seconds to yeah, in terms the of these quality, underdog yeah. tales. And then two uh, and three are both great. It, you know? um, yeah. Even five. It... <sighs> I didn't care for three. I didn't care for three very much. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got its moments. I, I, I think
1: they're doing interesting stuff in it. Um, they, they address a lot of the issues of like Rocky movies in the past of like where the boxers are going. We are so far off topic, but I'm going to say that five is not as bad as people think. And it really only sucked as the last movie in the series. And now it's,
2: you know, not, I don't hate five. I'd, I'd say the worst one is four. Four is the worst. It's like uber-American jingoism. That's the worst. Five at least has heart Yeah. So that's what I'm <laughs> Well,
0: was. how we got into Rocky from Oceans, I'll never know. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> th- let's let's wrap this one up. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, both let's for uh, for being here. I'm glad that we got to talk about Soderbergh and that we all had generally positive things to say. I like it when Film Rescue gets to be a nice time, you know? Phew. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, the next the next movie we have to watch is your fix. Though. I'm fixing
0: Torque next time, everybody. I'm so excited.
2: Hey, you like those Fast and Furious movies, you get to enjoy the shitty I, spinoff. Here's okay? what I promise. If
0: you follow me at SethXDecker, I will live tweet my Torque experience <laughs> as I see it for the first time. Um,
2: oh, you... It, do it while you're drinking uh, you will get progressively drunk, drunker as the night I I'm local. sure I Trust I me. may
0: I may purchase alcohol just just like a break in case of bad movie yeah. I'll have one of those <laughs> so that I can
2: smash out and Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, anytime you get gratuitous ass shots, anytime you get uh motorbikes like women like washing motorbikes, uh anytime you get uh somebody glaring into the camera like a tough guy Take a shot. Oh boy. Any of those, take a shot. You're gonna be dead by the midpoint of the movie. Hell dude. yeah,
0: I'm so excited for Torque. This is gonna be so much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Case, thank you for jumping on yeah. and, uh, and talking a little Soderbergh with me. I appreciate you uh, saving this one from your show and just giving it to us instead. Yeah, it's
1: my pleasure. Like, like I said, th- mm-hmm. this is one I've wanted to talk about for a while and I wasn't sure who I wanted to talk about with and I'm glad that we were able to do it over here. Um, that said if you want to hear other movies i talk about often or not often but like i I, i've had both of you guys on or rather by the time this well all kinds of editing you're gonna have to do right now to fix this one jesse i've been trying to like get on i
2: keep we're supposed to do an episode on irredeemable on on men of steel and i have my Big omnibus, um, right? <laughs> nice. There. Um, but I the the point <laughs> yeah. is, I love
1: talking with you guys, and you've been on my shows. Um, so again, I have the host of another pass, which is a similar structure to Film Rescue. Um, we take it from the perspective of when the movie was coming out, so it's a little bit of a, uh, a, a of a more constrained perspective on like what could have been done at the time, because uh, we yeah. try to use like the 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 budgets and the the the, you know the bickering of whichever stars and whatnot is like factors when we're figuring out what could have been done um So I'm the host of Men of Steel, which is a uh, Superman and Superman adjacent appreciation show uh, where we look at the archetype of Superman and and the lore, but also characters that are inspired by him. And just generally speaking, try to have a really fun time. Uh, Both of those are part of the Certain POV podcast network. Uh, I also do all the stuff that's on our YouTube channel over there, Certain POV Media. Check out all of that. Uh, Check out me on uh, or blue sky or any of the other ones at <laughs> case Aiken, except for on instagram where i'm holding on to my high school aim screen name for dear life which is quetzalcoatl five uh <laughs> because i was pretentious <laughs> and a mythology nerd uh and a legion of superheroes nerd so you know that that's all all, all that stuff there um but yeah it's it's been a pleasure chatting with y'all and uh ho- hopefully we'll be, be chatting about more stuff soon
0: that's exactly right.
2: Although the Cats thing was actually referenced to Final Fantasy 8 because that's one of the things. You uh, it's
1: not, oh, yeah. but so it, is, uh, it is, It does at the right time for when I like, eight came out when I was like a freshman in high school. So that
0: was about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you guys for watching and checking us out. Uh, subscribe, hit the follow button, whatever app you're on. If you're on YouTube, leave a comment down below. We'd love to talk about movies with you guys as well. That's going to do it for this episode. I've been your Pitchmaster General. Good night.
2: Good night.
0: All right. I'm going to start rolling in OBS.
2: Yeah, sorry, Hope. You're out for the night. <laughs>
0: It is what it is. She said she was a maybe, so I guess it's just the boys tonight, and we get to maybe
1: explain. it turns out she was always here because of the heist that she's like playing on
0: us. Oh, a heist turnaround to start the episode. A confidence Man, that's... trick. Oh no! Like
1: we we spin one of our cameras around, and she's just on the other side.
0: <laughs> Damn! I wish we could have set up that reveal. Somebody get to Florida right the fuck now. Mm-hmm. All right. But I do feel
1: like that's a good uh, cold open. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome to the Film Rescue Show. I am hey, your pitch master. Do a, I got to Oh, do clap sync, clap sync. No, you're, Jeez. Right, you're right. Do the, the
2: right. clapping. Sorry. It's not like you haven't been doing this for four years, dude. <laughs>
0: we started talking.
2: One, two, three. There. Now I can put it together in editing.
0: It's because I thought we were going to use that opening for a second,
2: and then I was like, I'll, no, I I'll guess. I'll slap <laughs> it on the ending. How about that? Perfect. There. <laughs> Or the
3: pre-roll. Anyway, go. Anyway. (laughs) Go, 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 go. (laughs) Fuck it, we'll do it live.